is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Friday, Winnipeg Sports Talk. What's up, everybody? The long weekend is just about here. Welcome to the program. We've got a ton to get to today. Jets finishing up the preseason tonight in Calgary. Bombers hosting the Elks. Massive result for a Canadians men's national team last night on the pitch down in Mexico City. And, of course, the Major League Baseball playoffs going. we got a packed show as far as guests as well. Obviously, all fired up for this game tonight down at IG Field between the Bombers and the Elks. Ed Tate of BlueBombers.com is going to join us to tee up tonight's matchup of the first place Blue and Gold and the last place Elks coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Afterwards, our guy Ken Weeb, Weeb's World, returns to the program uh, we'll get his thoughts on uh, what's happening with the Winnipeg Jets heading into the preseason finale. A bit of a look ahead to next week's opening game in Anaheim, as well as tee up the return of Kenny and Rennie, which will be live right after Winnipeg Sports Talk over on the Kenny and Rennie YouTube channel. And then after Ken, Andy McNeil from Vizen, the digital gambler, is going to join us. Andy's got his full NHL season preview out We'll uh, find out what he thinks about the Winnipeg Jets, where the value is on the board, and maybe some thoughts on some player props, as well as some uh, tips that might help you in your fantasy pool or hockey pool heading into next week. As always, we're brought to you by our great family of sponsors, including our newest sponsor, Culligan Water. Great to have the Culligan folks on board. Stay tuned. Got a great offer we'll tell you about for the next week from our friends at Culligan. Uh, Manitoba Battery, the gang over at Royal Sports. Might want to stop in at Royal before the game tonight. Great selection of Blue Bomber gear down at Royal Sports on Pemina Highway. Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza, not Autocorp, Canadian Club, the Nick and Nikki D. Hugh Group, and of course, our betting partner at Cool Bet Canada. It is Friday, folks. So if you're with us on YouTube, make sure you stick around to the end of the program because we will be doing another marble race for our friends at Canadian Club. And uh, we've doubled up the prizing. I mentioned we've got the new Winnipeg Sports Talk CC hoodies. We'll give away our first one of those. We'll also have an Isle of Rye package. And breaking news, our pal Brian Munz has also given us a pair of tickets for tomorrow's ice game at the Ice Cave. So uh, we've got some great prizes for the Marble Race at the end of the program, so make sure you stick around to the end. Uh, For everyone that's with us right now, do us a favor, hit that thumbs up, and if you haven't already, hit that red subscribe button and join us daily, Monday to Friday, here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Let's get Remus in here to get the show going. What's going on? Long weekend, just about here. I'm, uh, I'm feeling good, fired up for this game. How about you? Yeah, I mean, when you say this game, Huss, which game? There's this is one of those rare occasions. It's like a holiday where you have a Jets game and a Bombers game at the same time. So I don't know. I might have to like bring my radio to the Jets game or I guess I could just watch it on my phone. I do have one of those little portable radios, but I, I'm fired up for it. I'll be at the Bomber game. I got uh, I got tickets. I'm looking forward to hopefully being dry. I mean, I'm going either way, but I, I have had my eye on the forecast, but that should be good. And the Jets uh, preseason finale where uh, went no Wheeler, no Morrissey, Vili Hainala doing the power play and Cole Perfetti back in there on line, line three. We can get into that after, but uh, fired up. Long weekend as well. You got your uh, pumpkin pie ready or what? Yeah, uh, no, I don't actually. You're um, not ready for I'm pumpkin really pie? I'm not really a pumpkin pie guy, to be honest. I love a lot of things about Thanksgiving, turkey, stuffing, all that stuff. Never really a pumpkin pie guy. And 
don't even get me going on the pumpkin spice lattes and all that stuff. I We should focus on what really makes this season what it is, and that's Halloween candy. That's what I'm in on. And um, we're countdown to Halloween the next few weeks, parties and whatnot. But yeah, I'm in on Halloween candy, not as much on pumpkin pies. Debate in the chat your favorite things about Thanksgiving and your favorite thing to eat. Uh, just you mentioned the weather for the game tonight. Let's get a quick update from Environment Canada. Uh, today, it says of a risk of a thunderstorm near noon. That's around now. Hazy. It was a smoke warning last night. I guess that's dissipated a little bit. But tonight, partly cloudy. Fog patches developing overnight. Wind north 20. Becoming light early this evening. No worries. Should be a great night for football. Although, man, it sure would have been nice if we could have just squeezed one more day out of this glorious week that we've had for a home game for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But as I mentioned, Ed Tate's going to join us. We'll get to the Bombers coming up. You did mention the Winnipeg Jets, Remo, who are playing tonight, final preseason game, and going to be a bit of an interesting look. 11 forwards and seven defensemen tonight. And as you mentioned, Morrissey and Wheeler getting the night off. Top line's going to look like Mark Scheifele, Kyle Connor, and Jansen Harkins gets the spot in Wheeler's place. And Cole Perfetti's going to skate with Adam Lowry and Paul Stasny, leaving the Ehlers-Dubois-Cop combo intact as uh, line number two. Yes, and actually for the Flames, has Blake Coleman uh, won't be playing. He got suspended Good. yesterday for the uh, for the illegal hit to Jansen Harkins. But yeah, and Harkins, he's on the top line, right wing. He's definitely elevated uh, his play here in the preseason. You know, I think I think he he had an injury last year. You know, couldn't really get comfortable and just wasn't the player he was uh, two years ago last year. But he's looking pretty good so far in the preseason. This Cop Dubois Ehlers line looking to roll again. And Cole Perfetti on the third line with Paul Stasdy and Adam Lowry. Let's see. We all expect him. I think I'm pretty sure has you know he's going to start in the AHL. I thought maybe they'd throw him a bone and give him game one. I mean, it could still happen. We don't know. But it seems like last night's lineup was the was the opening day dress rehearsal without Mark Shifley. Uh, Logan Stanley. We were worried about him, Hus. You know, they, they took him out of the uh, with the other preseason game, not the last one, but the one before. Said it was precautionary, but then yesterday he had the non-contact jersey. So I was like, you know, is this one of these things where Paul Maurice says it's a minor injury? He's day-to-day for the whole season. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's happened before. It's happened before, but there he was on the ice. They are going with 7-D, and they'll mix and match Dylan Pionk, Bullio Schmidt, Hanela DeMello, and I guess Stanley. Stan, I'm just going by Ken Weeb tweeting out the lines. Hanela will be on the second power play with uh, Ehlers-Schmidt, Kopp, and Stasny instead of Morrissey and uh, that top line. Well, I guess um, Ken had Wheeler in there, but I guess I would think Harkins maybe goes into that spot. I'm not I'm not sure. I was just going by Ken's lines. We can get it. We'll hear from Ken later yeah, on Wheeler the show. Wheeler can't be on PP1 if he's no. not playing in the game. I, I just so co- someone, I, else, someone else is going to get okay. in that spot. <laughs> I copied and pasted Ken's power play lines. He had Wheeler, but Wheeler is not playing. So, yes, that would not be accurate wow talk about throwing somebody under the bus hold on just, let me just blaming <laughs> blaming ken <laughs> i just copied and pasted his thing let me just confirm he did a great job though giving the updates on uh on on today's skate though uh yes he did and we'll talk about it more with ken coming up but what, what's interesting and we'll see i mean seven defensemen they'll move uh billy hanala in at times you'll see logan stanley play with dylan DeMello. Uh, may even see, you know, Hanlon Stanley potentially get some shifts up in the top four with some different looks. Um, 
I think Paul Maurice just wants to, you know, see how things go uh, because you never know what's going to happen throughout a long, long season for the Winnipeg Jets with injuries and whatnot. Uh, as far as the Flames go, Johnny Gaudreau is going to be back in the lineup. Uh, he, Sean Monahan, and Elias Lindrom will be that top line. Dubé, Backlund, Mangiapane, Milan Lucic, Byron Fraze, and Walker Dewar, the third line, and Justin Kirkland, Glenn Godden, and Brent Ritchie, the fourth line. This, I mean, the Flames didn't do a lot in the offseason. They lost Mark Giordano. They signed Blake Coleman. Everything else was just turning this team more into a Daryl Sutter type team. And um, there won't be any Matthew Kachuk tonight and no Blake Coleman. But this team is going to be tough to play against. I just don't know how much they're going to be able to score. And of course, the other crazy thing about um, the Flames this year, Reem, Johnny Gaudreau is a pending unrestricted free agent. And it doesn't sound like they've made a lot of progress in getting him inked. So that's going to be another story that sort of hangs around Calgary, especially if the Flames don't get off to a good start and look to potentially be, well, the team that they were last year, which was one of the most disappointing in the NHL. Yeah, Flames, again, I was a guy who played them on fantasy DraftKings repeatedly and was disappointed by Gaudreau and Monaghan repeatedly. I think Monaghan may not have been at at full health last year, and he seems to be that way this year. Gaudreau, that's something we're going to be watching. I mean, depending on how the team goes, would he be a name that's moved before the deadline? I don't think they're going to reach an ex- extension with uh, with Johnny Gaudreau, so we'll see what happens there. I mean, those guys, these guys have been very good. They've carried them, this team to playoffs in the past. Thankfully, for any team in the Pacific, that division is so poor, you have a shot at the playoffs. So, you know, as down as I am on, on Calgary, because I feel like it's very similar to, to last year's team, uh, which disappointed, um, you know, they could have a shot. Uh, and we'll have a we'll get a look at Jacob Markstrom and goal. Let's see if he can replicate uh, what Dan Vladar did the other night at Canada Life Center. He was spectacular, stoning the Jets, who outshot, uh, outchanced Calgary. But I mean, he kept kept Calgary in it. So it was actually, as far as preseason games go, has that was one of the more entertaining ones I can recall. Just I from, agree. From the show uh, Nikolai Ehlers put on, passing the puck, shooting, scoring, and uh, Dan Vladar keeping the team. In it, otherwise it would have been a, a serious beatdown. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm interested to see how you know this looks and the other side of things. I mean, Calgary hasn't been very good. I think they've got a lot to prove this year, and you know, just from what we've seen in this lineup the last couple of games, I think there's still a lot up in the air as to who's going to be in Daryl Sutter's lineup, how this team's going to look, and how they're going to get better this season. But again, our focus is in on the Winnipeg Jets side of things, and that's what we'll focus in on with Ken Weeb a little bit later on. Uh, before we get to Ed, though, and tonight's bomber game, Remo, I do want to talk soccer, and I know that's not something we normally do, but last night, a historic result for Canada's men's national team. And by the way, shout out to everyone that was around at the end of the show when I said, hey, we've been on a bit of a heater. Let's get on the draw between Canada and Mexico at plus 285. Boom, they did it. Jonathan Osorio scoring for Canada, equalizing at the end of the first half. Canada holds on for a 1-1 draw. Another point, they move into second in CONCACAF in the World Cup qualifying. And to put this into perspective, how big of a match, how big of a result this is for Canada. In their last five meetings at Azteca Stadium before tonight, they were outscored 20 to nothing. And in the current qualifying format, it is the first time ever that any team in CONCACAF has gotten a point on the road at the United States and a point on the road at Mexico in the same qualifying. I'm telling you, there is a wave 
rising right now for this Canadian men's national team. Uh, get on, get on board right now and get in. They're hosting games in Edmonton in November. Uh, Mexico coming. I'm not can't remember the other team that's coming. Playing outdoors at Commonwealth Stadium in November. Canada's pulling out all the stops. And uh, I'll tell you what, right now, Remo, if you had to make me bet one way or the other, I think Canada's going to qualify for the World Cup for the first time since the 80s. There's still a lot of work to be done, but the talent we have on this team, Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, Osorio, um, I think the time is now for Canada to um, get into the mix on the world stage led by these young Canadian stars. Yeah, uh, Canada soccer, get excited about it. It's actually on real television hus not to some streaming channel that yeah. no that nobody has uh people i saw like 150,000 people watch it on sportsnet 360 uh yesterday but i think the buzz is starting to grow i mean we've heard about alfonso davies for a while but i know there's a number of young players the uh did everyone in mexico um behave at the game yesterday no, no. <laughs> you know what mex the mexican fans are the worst the absolute worst I mean, a few years back, they were throwing bags of piss at Landon Donovan as he tried to make a corner kick. And then last night, first of all, they shouldn't have even had fans in the building last night. Mexico was reprimanded by FIFA for their fans making homophobic slurs and chants. They lost the opportunity to have fans for two games. FIFA reduced it to one so they could fill the stadium last night. And what happens? 59th minute, they have to stop the game because of homophobic slants and cheers. Wow. Uh, it's just, it's disgraceful. And I mean, listen, I understand that different countries are different cultures, but it is not acceptable. And FIFA as a global entity has done everything they can to remove racism from the game and exactly this sort of thing. And um, it was, uh, I mean, we'll focus in on the good from last night. And that was a historic result for a Canadians men's national team, a massive point and, you know, more excitement about their prospects for being in the World Cup. But what the Mexican fans year after year after year continue to embarrass themselves. And it was just another black mark on the sport in CONCACAF. Some of the things that happen outside of certainly our borders and, um, you know, you wonder what will happen going forward. I would imagine there'll be some more empty stadiums for Mexico's games. And uh, that home advantage for Mexico is significant. And it might not be there for some matches that they may need it a little later on in qualifying. Wow. It's amazing how this uh, that, that kind of stuff keeps happening. We don't totally. want to take away from the draw. But, I mean, I don't know what you, what you have to do. You do have to ban fans. But it's crazy. You think that, uh, you know, we're kind of past that. But uh, apparently... Apparently not, but moving on. So I saw people tweeting us. Are you planning on uh, going to soccer game in November in Edmonton? You know what? I Believe me, I've already been looking at flights. I've oh. tried to be, figure out how I could do the show. It would be yeah. so cool. Go to du- went, Dusty's got a studio. You can do it from well, Dusty's you know basement. <laughs> trust me, trust me. I might be trying to work out something exactly <laughs> like that. Um, because, uh, you know, as a... Uh, like I would, I would love to see first and foremost our women's team play, and I know they're playing a couple games, a celebration tour. I think they're playing New Zealand um, in friendlies. These games are though incredibly important. I mean, our team is on the cusp of doing something that hasn't been done in many of our lifetimes. I believe the last time they qualified for the World Cup was in the early '80s, '84, '86, something like that. So. I'm in on it. And, and, you know, when I just like 20 years ago, but working for the Oilers while I was there in Edmonton, um, I realized they have an incredible history of supporting our national team. And the great thing about games in Edmonton is people actually cheer for Canada. 
It's not like, you know, you have a game against El Salvador in Toronto and 60% of the fans are cheering for El Salvador or Honduras or one of these countries. Edmonton is all in on Team Canada. And I actually did get to see a match between Trinidad and Tobago and Canada. And at the time, Dwight York was a big star for Trinidad and was playing, I want to say, for Man U or Manchester, I believe. So anyways, it was cool to see that. But, you know, at that point, it was more the novelty of going to an international soccer game and this is our team. This is different now. I mean, the stakes are high and it's realistic that Canada could be in the World Cup. So, yeah, the dates are the 12th and 16th of November in Edmonton. Cannot wait to see what the conditions are like for that. But um, if you are a fan, if you have any ability to get out there, I would certainly recommend doing it. And uh, I am absolutely looking into it. Normally, that's a time we might be going out there for a great cup. Well, this year, it could very well be to talk about a World Cup qualifying spot for Canada's men's national team. All right, we're going to get to the Bombers coming up with Eddie Tate. And then... Ken Weeb, Weeb's World, will join us for uh, the latest on the Jets. And don't forget Andy McNeil from Vizen a little later on with a bit of a uh, NHL preview from a gambling, betting, and fantasy perspective. So looking forward to having uh, having uh, Andy on the program. And before the end of the program, massive marble race, our first hoodie, our first uh, I Love Rye package, and a pair of ice tickets all ready to go for those of you hanging out with us on a Friday afternoon here on YouTube. All right. Um, do you want to thank a couple of our sponsors right off the bat? I mentioned Culligan, our newest sponsor. It is so great to have them on board. And guess what? We've got a brand new, a little special offer for WST folks. Uh, it, Culligan, they're over at 1200 Sergeant Avenue. You can hit them up at 694-5180. Find out more about them online at drinkculligan.com. Family owned, celebrating 65 years here in Manitoba, being the go-to people for water for businesses and families alike. Uh, water softeners, filters, whole home systems, drinking water systems, uh, bottled water coolers and bottle free coolers, not to mention water delivery services and water products and solutions for a commercial in industries as well. Right now though, up until next Friday, new promo for you WSTers. Any rent, any household equipment, water softeners, drinking water systems, for only $9.99 a month for the first three months. So any household equipment, as I said, the water softeners, drinking water systems, just $9.99 a month for the first three months. Give them a call, ask for details, and you can call them at 694-5180. Again, it's 1200 Sergeant or online at drinkculligan.com. Now, I mentioned a little earlier, you might want to be stopping over at Royal Sports to grab some more bomber gear before the game tonight. Um, incredible selection of Jets gear, NFL, they've got it all. But I did just get a message over from uh, Greg and Gerald at Royal. They are doing a fundraiser for Cancer Care Manitoba. Uh, it's the ride inside, the wheel with Wheeler, and the Blake Wheeler signature ball cap collection is now available at Royal Sports. I know we've all seen it a million times. The wheel hat and then he's got the backward BF logo, the Biggie Funk. Um, they've got a number of different versions, all done, I believe, by New Era. Great quality hat. So all those are there, and 100% of the proceeds from the ball caps go to the Cancer Care Foundation. So really cool to see what Jets Captain Blake Wheeler is doing with Cancer Care. Awesome that Royal Sports is the go-to place to help get those hats out. They were a big help when uh, we launched ours. So uh, pop down, grab one of those things, support Cancer Care. It's at Royal Sports. 
supporting the Blake Wheeler Signature Ball Cap Collection right now at 750 Pembina Highway. And uh, shout out to our friends over at Manitoba Battery. It does look like we're getting out of this summer weather into fall, and we'll probably have a few days of fall and winter will be here. Don't be the guy that waits till it's minus 30 to figure out that you need a new battery. Do it now. Get proactive. And Donnie and the guys have your hookup. Not only will they give you the best price on a battery in town, but they'll deliver it to you citywide. You can find out more, 1026 Logan, phone them at 783-8787, or go online at manitobabattery.com, fill you in on everything they have, but essentially batteries, if it has power, if it needs a battery, they've got one for you, including MetaChair, sleds, Sea-Doo's, quads, power sports, industrial, and of course, automotive. Might see the guys down at the Bomber game tonight, I know they're big supporters of the blue and gold. But most importantly, they're getting you charged for the winter over at Manitoba Battery. All right, speaking of being charged up, I certainly am. And you know the home team will be tonight when the first place Bombers welcome in the Edmonton Elks. Let's get ready for tonight's game with Ed Tate of BlueBombers.com. Eddie, what's going on? How are you? Fantastic, Huss. How are you, man? I am uh, I am well. Looking forward to a long weekend. And what better way to kick off a long weekend than with a first-place football team coming back to uh, play at IG Field. Um, hey, listen, before we get to the game, you know, everything's been going so well for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, but the, the, the week did start in a somewhat unfortunate way. Um, Kenny Lawler, obviously coming off that career game, um, suspended with the DUI. It did seem like the team got out in front of it, and certainly Kenny owned it going forward. But um, Ed, how, um, how, is this an issue at all with the team, or is this a matter of a team that you know is supporting a teammate but knows that the job at hand is to go out and win a football game, and that won't really be at all an issue or hasn't been an issue around the club this week? Well, I mean, look, there's no running away from it, right? I, I think that you're right. The team and Kenny did do a good job of getting in front of it early in the week so that it didn't become a distraction as the week progressed. Um, he, he admitted it was a mistake. It was a mistake. You know, whether it will be a distraction, we'll find out tonight because uh, you're taking a, the leading receiver in the CFL out of your lineup. And if uh, they can't uh, move the ball through the air, then maybe we'll we'll look back and say that, yeah, it was a distraction or it was a problem. But um, you know, it hasn't really come up on the last couple of days. Um, I think what teams do in this circumstance is if you do get a, ahead of it and you don't ignore it, uh, he addressed it with the team. Uh, he was pretty emotional from what I understand. Got a lot of hugs and support from his teammates. And, you know, he also got some people saying, hey, don't be so dumb next time. And, and uh, you know, if you need a ride, someone will be there. Or you can catch an Uber or whatever. Um, so, I, again, it's a it's kind of been – put to the side heading in tonight, but we'll see what happens tonight, whether they can still move the ball through the air and some other guys step up, including Kelvin McKnight, who steps in for Kenny Lawler. Yeah, well, let's talk about Kelvin McKnight because, I mean, I'll be honest, I was listening to the coaches show as well, and I know Knuckles was asking, uh, you know, uh, Mike about naming Roosevelt and... You know, you know, at the time, you know, the the news wasn't out, and he said, "Well, if there's an opportunity that comes up, he's probably a guy that gets an opportunity." But yet, it's Kelvin McKnight, and that's not a a household name right now amongst many Bomber fans, although he has been in the lineup earlier this year. Tell us a little bit about this young man, and uh, you know, maybe were you surprised that he got the nod ahead of an established veteran like Roosevelt that's still waiting for a crack in the Bomber lineup? Yeah, it's been kind of an interesting storyline all week because people assumed that it would be Naaman Roosevelt based on his resume, right? A couple of thousand yards in his career, longtime pro in this league and in, had some time in the NFL too. Um, 
Kelvin McKnight is a guy that Zach Caleros uh, pointed out early in training camp as someone that got into the pl- uh, playbook right away, knew what he was supposed to do. Uh, from what I understand, Buck Pierce's offense is pretty complicated, and receivers don't line up in the same spot for every play. They move around, and so you're, you need to know every spot across the receiving core, and Kelvin McKnight, to his credit, does. Did know that right from the beginning. Um, I'll be honest, I was a bit surprised too, because I think we were all looking at the the depth chart and assuming that a guy, again, with 2,000-yard seasons to his credit would be next up. But it does say something about Kelvin McKnight, a guy that played at Sanford University. He's been with the Denver Broncos on their practice roster for a couple of years, so it's not like he's a raw, raw rookie. Um, I think um, he did start earlier in the year. He had three starts and had 10 catches for 71 yards. So that doesn't blow anybody away. Right. But um, when you get an endorsement from the quarterback and you get an endorsement from the offensive coordinator and the team is seven one, um, I mean, all you can do is say, okay, let's see what he can do. You know, it's hard to second guess when a team is rolling like this. Well, and, and to be honest, I mean, from the outside looking in, I think it's a good sign for the football team that you've got players like this, that, you know, have, have obviously earned the opportunity and, you know, when you have a generally healthy football team that's winning the way it is, I mean, sometimes you have to be patient. You have to sit back. But I think what's important in the coach's eyes, and I think it's reflected in this decision, Ed, is that, you know, you make your opportunities every day on the practice field. And, you know, listen, having a great resume is one thing to come in, like a guy like Roosevelt. No one will take him away. That's probably a big reason why they signed him. But it's pretty clear, at least to me, that what McKnight's been doing each and every day under the guise of Buck Pierce and Mike O'Shea in practice has earned him this shot in the absence of Kenny Lawler. Yeah, so let's remember that the season started on August 5th. Training camp started July 10th. So Kelvin McKnight's been with this team since early July. Naaman Roosevelt arrived at the end of August, and I wonder if that's a factor too. So um, as much as he's accomplished and done an awful lot, Kelvin McKnight had a jump on him. Uh, in terms of understanding the playbook and and developing a rapport with uh, Zach Caleros, who did play with Roosevelt in Saskatchewan. We shouldn't forget that. Um, it, it is interesting. Look, to his credit, Neyman Roosevelt's handled it very well, um, and he's still going to keep fighting. It, what will be interesting is, is what happens if Calvin McKnight goes off tonight, right, and has an awesome game. Then you've got Kenny Lawler coming back last, uh, next week after his one-game suspension. It's like, as you said, Huss, it's a – an awful lot of options to have at the receiving core. Um, and it's a, a kind of a luxury when you're, when you're rolling along at seven and one. Well, and uh, all those options are there for the guy behind center. And that's Zach Caleros. Um, you know, we, we came into the program on Monday, Ed, and I think probably about one, uh, one full hour of the two hours was just gushing about that game, the performance, I really all around. I mean, defense, offense, special teams, it was a masterpiece, but 400 yards of offense or of passing from Zach Caleros, really a signature game for him. And, and one of the most impressive wins for the team I could remember in a long, long time. Um, the offense was already going very well, quite efficiently, but it seems like Zach last week maybe took another step. I mean, what have you seen from the Bomber quarterback and just his level of confidence, familiarity, and chemistry now? I mean, it, it's easy to remember that he only had four games with this club before this season started. Yeah, you know what's interesting? He's 11-1 and one now as a starter, if you include the playoffs in the end of 2019. I mean, it's remarkable the, the kind of run he's on. And, but I agree with you. In the last little while, it's like he has found another gear or he's more comfortable in this offense. I was just writing it down before I came on with you guys to remind myself. 
in his last three games, he's completing 82.3% of his passes, which is phenomenal. He's thrown five touchdowns against one interception. Uh, like he's taken over the league lead in, in passing yardage. He's second in passing touchdowns. Um, what, but what we saw last week in Vancouver was different, right? He, he felt he moved around the pocket so well. He had great protection up front. Uh, you know, he put the ball into places for Kenny Lawler to, you know, finish with over 200 yards. It's impressive. Um, it, it will be interesting to see what Edmonton tries to do to combat that. Remember that game in Edmonton a couple of weeks ago, the Bombers rolled to that early start and we thought, okay, this is going to be a, a butt kicking. And, and ultimately they won by 15, but the offense kind of got stagnated after a couple of drives early. And, and that's a credit to what Edmonton did as much as anything. So we'll see what Edmonton does tonight. They got a good defensive line. Uh, they get Matthew Betts back, a defensive end who can really come after you. And, you know, it's always interesting when you see a team for the second time around what they try to do in the chess match stuff to to uh, combat what happened in the first game. You know, it's funny you talk about Caleros being on top of the passing yardage. I mean, we were it was either on the lock shop or on this show. We were looking at some of the CFL prop bets going into the season. And, you know, they had all the quarterbacks listed. And Zach Caleros was at the bottom. He was 13 to 1 to lead the league in passing. So that was an auto bet, Ed. We got in on that. But the funny thing about it <laughs> well is, is that the funny thing about it is, is, I mean, you see the way this offense is going and they're playing so well and he's on the top. My biggest concern is they're going to ice the West with three games left and then not have him play the last few games. That obviously is something they'll worry about it when it happens. It's about playing in this game tonight. But speaking of quarterbacks, the Elks do get Trevor Harris back. And that's a big, big boost for a team that, you know, I, listen, Taylor Cornelius was not bad. I mean, you know, certainly for a guy coming in, starting off, you don't really know what to expect. He was okay, although, you know, a couple mistakes by a rookie really did cost him in that game earlier. But it, it is stunning that the Elks are where they are in the standings when you consider some of the talent that they have on this team, especially the guy behind center. Yeah, if you go back to the beginning of the year and all the preseason predictions that were coming out, uh, I remember the TSN crew uh, threw their predictions up and almost... Well, I'm going to say three quarters of them picked the Elks to win the West and, and to be in the Great Cup against Hamilton. Um, it's a very talented team. I'm looking at their depth chart now. You know, you look at Darrell Walker, James Ellingson, the really good receivers. You got James Wilder Jr. as running back. There's good people on defense. Um, but it's been kind of a, you know, off the field too. There's been a bit of a tire fire for them in, for a long time. But in terms of getting Trevor Harris back, I mean, look, it's a boost. Taylor Cornelius showed some things, but he's still a rookie. The Bombers defensive guys have talked about it all week, about you know how quickly the ball comes out of Trevor Harris's hands because he's seen everything that a defense can throw at him. The interesting thing about him, he, said, he always puts up good numbers against Winnipeg, but he doesn't always win the games. He's 2-4 and four against Winnipeg in his career. And in uh, 2019, Winnipeg beat Edmonton twice, but Harris still threw for 710 yards in those two games and had four touchdowns and zero interceptions. And yet Edmonton lost both games. So um, there's just something about him. Uh, you know, we saw earlier in the year, Almondo Sewell got af after him in the, in the media saying that he can crumble when you bring, bring pressure. He certainly had a frustrating year with the injuries and, and, and all that stuff. Um, but, and so we'll be see, interesting to see what the Bombers do tonight. Do you blitz them the same way you did Taylor Cornelius, or do you try to 
confuse them or all of the above. Uh, you know, the Bombers defense has been pretty good, but they're going to have a different test tonight with Harris behind center. Speaking of the Bomber defense, this uh, is maybe an impossible question to answer, but let's just say that someone said to you, Ed, we need you to identify the most outstanding defensive player on the Bombers this year. The one the uh, it, I mean, I could give you a laundry list of guys that are in contention for it, but um, I mean, as I said, it's almost an impossible question because I don't know how you separate the guys up front, Big Hill, Brandon Alexander, I mean, the newcomers in the secondary. I mean, it has been, I'll put it this way, there's a lot of contenders for who stand out, and uh, man, good luck trying to pick a defensive MVP this year. Yeah, it's a, a real good question. I was watching practice the other day with Bob Irving. You mentioned Knuckles a, a little bit earlier. Um, and we were talking about that. But we were saying, you know, how many guys from the Bombers defense are going to be on the West Division All-Star team or the CFL All-Star oh. team, right? Because you, the, the, these numbers are historic. So um, that's one debate. And then what you're talking about is a really good point because everybody points to Willie Jefferson. Jackson Jeffcoat's having a hell of a year. So is Adam Big Hill. You mentioned Brandon Alexander. He probably won't be – the Bombers defensive MOP because of the publicity the other guys get. But that's a sneaky pick in my mind because he's the, the quarterback of a secondary that's been completely made over back there. You know, they lost Mercy Masson. Winston Rose is gone. Marcus Sales is gone. You get two rookies in there. They had all those changes at the dime back, and it's been Brandon Alexander that's been the constant at safety. So that's a sneaky pick there too. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what the voters do this year. Um in a lot of ways, it's always been a stats thing, you know, who has the most sacks, who has the most interceptions. But um, you could make a case right now that it's between those four guys that you mentioned, Jefferson, uh, Jeff Coat, Big Hill, and Alexander. And I, if I had a vote, I don't have a vote anymore. I might lean to Jackson Jeff Coat right now. But boy, oh boy, with uh, with whatever, there's 7-1, so... Again, I'm not great at math. Us, however many games there are left, <laughs> that'd be six, Ed. That'd be Thank six. Thank you. Sorry, I'm drawing a blank. I hate to be wrong on the math, the basic math, because little kids will laugh at me. But anyway, six games left in the season. Who's to say what kind of numbers or big plays that Willie Jefferson might make too to to get back up there? But let's look, here's one. 2018 most outstanding defensive player in the CFL was Adam Big Hill. 2019, it's uh, Willie Jefferson. The way it's going this year, it'll be a bomber. I'd have to go back and look to, to see the last time one team had three defensive MOPs in a row. Well, and, and to be honest, I mean, it's a fun sports talk topic for us to get up to and you know compare individual players, but it's a team sport, and this team unit is historically good right now, Ed. And, I mean, holding Mike Riley and the BC Lions to under 200 yards of offense at home, under 10 points, another single-digit turnabout, I mean, we're now at a stage where it is completely legitimate to compare this Bomber defense to some of the greatest ever in Bomber history, and I'd imagine probably CFL history as well. They do have the opportunity to do something very, very special. Uh, it won't mean as much if they don't get a great cup at the end, but the way they're trending, I mean, everything is going about as well as possible for Richie Hall's unit, who also, by the way, probably deserves quite a bit of credit. A guy that was much maligned at times, doesn't get uh, a lot of talk, but he probably likes it that way. Focus on the players that are getting the job done every week. Yeah, there's a lot to chew on, isn't there? When you look at the defense, the number that jumps out the, the most to me is that uh, they've given up six points in the fourth quarter this year. 
not last week, this year. They've outscored teams 68-6 to in the fourth quarter. That's remarkable. And so when you start talking about the historic numbers, Huss, they're right in there with the, those kind of numbers put you in teams from the 50s and 60s. And, in, you know, this league is known for its scoring and high-powered offenses. So to be compared to those kind of units is pretty special. I I don't think it's coincidence that's funny that tonight the 1990 team is being honored here because it's 90s night. And that 90 team has as good a defense as I've ever seen. Um, and this this defense is right there with it. That 90 team, the one number that they had that I don't think will ever be broken, they had 48 interceptions that year as a defense, which <laughs> nobody's even come close to that. Um, that's a remarkable number. Um, but Didn't Rod season, Hill get five in a game? He had five in a game. Um, that season, Les Brown had the two corners. Les Brown had 14 interceptions. Rod Hill had 12. So the two corners had 26 interceptions combined. If you go back and look, there's teams that haven't had that many in the last in the last few years. So um, it's interesting that they're getting honored tonight because this defense is every bit as good as it so far. Yeah, 90s night celebrating that 90s Grey Cup championship. And it just means so much more celebrating the 1990 championship, knowing that that wasn't the last time that we had a championship here well, in Winnipeg. It's a great point. I don't know. Like, it's, it's, like let's salute them. They're awesome. But, you know, if we, if the Bombers hadn't won in 2019 and you trot those guys out tonight, everybody's going to be saying, ah, look, it's been this many years. And look how old those guys look. It's been that long since we won. So it's, you're right. It feels a lot better around here to be honoring them after a great cup win. Eddie, uh, you know, we talked a lot about the offense and the defense. Um, how's the special teams looking coming in? And uh, just a little thought on uh, a big confidence-building performance for uh, Hakuna Murtada last week in BC. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, look, I thought that even though the numbers might not be there, I think Janarian Grant gave them a boost on their return game. You know, I still I think he's close to busting one. That would be a bonus. Their kick coverage units are have always been good. But you're right. Everybody's looking at the kicking game. And uh, Ali Murtada, you know, after struggling in Edmonton, made all his kicks last week. Now, they weren't long range and they were in a dome. So that'll be interesting because if it's raining tonight and as it starts to get colder down the stretch here, if, if the division final is here on December 5th, it'll be a, the kicking conditions will be a lot different then than they are right now. So he's got to get on a roll. He's got it to me. He's got to hit a 40 yard or a 45 yard to, to get the confidence of this team and go on a run. Um, because that's still a question mark for me. As much as uh, he took some of the pressure off himself last week, it's still something that when you look at this team, it, it's it's something that people might still circle a, you know, a, in red and say, hmm, not sure about that. Uh, Ed, the Bombers are a clear number one right now. Gun to your head, who's the second best team in the CFL right now entering week nine? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, uh, Tough to get a read on the Argos, even though they've got a good record because they beat up on a rookie quarterback and it was Ottawa the other night. I mean, the Argos, they're the only team that beat Winnipeg. They're they are big at the line of scrimmages, defensive, on the defensive line especially. Gave the Bombers some trouble. I think Hamilton's, it's interesting. You know, they've got Mazzoli back. This is... Uh, this isn't the same team that went 15-3 and three in 2019, but they're no. still really good. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's Saskatchewan. Uh, you know they've had their struggles in the last little while. It's a real good, uh, uh, a real good point. I know Jeff Hamilton from the Free Press was uh, wrote about this earlier in the week, and so did Ted Wyman. You know it's like the Bombers are way up here, and then next is a, a group around way down here, right? And so it's uh, it's a good question. I don't know who would come out of the East. 
And I know that in the West, if the Bombers can secure first, it's like same with every year. You hope that whoever's playing in that West semifinal beats the snot out of each other and rolls into here, you know, with the bandages all over themselves and and are, aren't, aren't 100% healthy. You know, it, it's kind of funny. I mean, we had some fun after the opening game of the season where we put out a little Winnipeg Sports Talk power poll. It was number one, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and then two to eight, everybody else. And that hasn't really... That hasn't really changed, Ed, for the entire season right now. Um, but I imagine you're around the team every day. Pretty clear when you hear Mike O'Shea. The fact that they've had this sort of, sort of success is great. It's They've done what they wanted to do so far this season. But still pretty business-like approach well, to everything that the Bombers are doing. Uh, and you probably wouldn't know that this is a 7-1 team by what they're doing on the practice field and the way they're approaching this matchup is a heavy favorite tonight. Look, I, I think everybody that's that knows Mike O'Shea or has seen him working since he got here knows that if this team takes its foot off the gas pedal at all, he's going to be in their ear barking and will have the hardest practice they've ever had the next day, right? Because uh, is it his? Uh, you know, they always talk about going one and zero every week, and so you, in that respect, everybody's got the blinders on, right? It's just about tonight against Edmonton. But Mike's got a real good gift as a coach, and maybe it's because from his playing days he's been through it all, of kind of taking a step back and surveying the whole landscape. And if he sees something that doesn't feel right, where, you know, guys are soft or, you know, showing up late or, you know, whatever, then the wrath of God will come down. The wrath of Mike will come down on this team to get it back right again. And and so you, you brought up a good point earlier. What happens if the Bombers clinch? What do they do in those last few games? Does Zach Claros get a rest? I don't know. I don't know what they will do um, because Mike wants to keep this team sharp. And I don't think he believes in, in resting guys un- unless they're hurt and, and, you know, you're trying to save mm-hmm. somebody. Um, it, it, I always come back to 2001. And I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> so that team was rolling along at 12, had won 12 in a row, was 14 and two, rested some people. Uh, Calgary wins in the last game to get into the playoffs and then beats the Bombers. An 8-10 and 10 team beats a 14-4 and 4 team a couple weeks later. If that's not the warning sign for everybody in this building, and, and you know, I know a lot of people haven't lived it, but if, if you need a reminder, it's right there in hard evidence from 2001. Eddie, uh, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, what do fans need to know about the game tonight? I'm sure tailgate area will be open beforehand. Uh, what about this celebration for the uh, the 90s team? Is that a, a halftime event? No, it'll, there's going to be a pregame video from what I understand, and there's a bunch of the guys are here. Um, the really cool thing is they're going to both Edmonton and uh, Winnipeg will wear those orange jerseys in the warm-up. Uh, those will be auctioned off after the game. And if you haven't had a chance, go to our Twitter feed to check out the Bombers are wearing the different W on their helmet tonight um, to support the Orange Shirt Day and Indigenous Peoples. It's a really cool logo that they'll wear on their helmet for tonight's game. Yeah, it, uh, you can see it on the uh, Bomber Twitter uh, avatar as well. They've moved that in. Ed, looking forward to this game tonight and uh, more chats with you about a first-place club steamrolling towards the postseason. Thanks so much for doing this, and have a great, happy Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, you too, Huss. Appreciate you having me on. Go Bombers. <laughs> Good stuff. There he is, Ed Tate, 7.30 tonight, IG Field. Bombers and Elks, a little celebration of the 1990 Grey Cup champions. And yes, as we mentioned with Ed, Far more palatable for Bomber fans to celebrate that 1990 team on 90s night having won in 2019 as opposed to a 31-year uh, drought. And I'll tell you what, it ain't going to be 29 years before this team wins again. It's probably 
Well, the way it's trending right now, it might just be a few months because the Bombers are looking as good as any team right now in the Canadian Football League. And it's tough really to identify who the number two team in the league is. Um, hey, big thanks to Princess Auto for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. It's so great to have Princess Auto on board. This is a family-made business here in Winnipeg that is national countrywide. Two locations here in Winnipeg, though, and huge supporters of many things in our community, especially curling. Uh, proud sponsors of the Mike McEwen team, the Jen Jones rank. We'll be following both the McEwen and Jones rank and all the Manitobans as uh, everyone tries to become Canada's Olympic representative next month in Saskatoon. And in the meantime, for those of you that, uh, you know, like projects, like to get down to work, you'll find the best deals and the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around at Princess Auto. Find everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new. And Princess Auto prides themselves on helping you create the ideas in your head and then make them a reality. Whether for your shop, worksite, or home, Princess Auto knows you for love finding the right tools and right equipment to build or repair things yourself. Hit either of the two Princess Autos in town or find out online. You can shop 24 hours a day, seven days a week at princessauto.com. Uh, great weekend for some little brown jug. The new double beer is out, a limited edition run available online and at the tap room. Uh, they describe it as fall vibes times 100. And uh, you know what might be a great time to do it? If you're not going to the game tonight, pop by the tap room. I know they've got some live music going on tonight. All the uh, delicious 1919 right from the tap, as well as all of the other beers available. And don't forget that amazing summer variety pack is still on sale while supplies last, either at the tap room or online at littlebrownjug.ca. Every purchase will include a $5 gift card for your next purchase of little brown jug and bp is going to be the place to be i know there'll be lots of folks down at the boston pizza on pembina before tonight's game and probably there afterwards hopefully toasting another big blue bomber victory uh, but whether it's tonight tomorrow for football and hockey nfl sunday with that huge sunday nighter the boston pizza lounge is the place to be for sports fans where everybody gathers together for pizza wings and those ice-cold schooners. And, of course, you can order for home delivery as well at bostonpizza.com. All right, we're going to talk to Ken Weeb in just a couple minutes. Let's get Michael Remus back in here. Because, remember, we talked a lot about the Bomber game tonight, the CFL. We didn't touch on last night's Thursday nighter in the National Football League. And a big win for the L.A. Rams and a huge loss for the Seattle Seahawks, much more than a game. The loss of Russell Wilson, who I don't believe has missed a start for the Seahawks, knocked out of the game last night. And lo and behold, I had no idea that Geno Smith was still in the league, never mind the actual backup to Russell Wilson. Geno actually looked pretty good there at the end, but you know, threw a pick almost, uh, almost on cue. And the Rams get a big win. And uh, for anyone that was with me on the under, maybe the uh, most low-stress game of the betting year so far. Yeah, I saw seven Smith and a quarterback in those lime green jerseys, which are made for Thursday oh. night. Oh, were they beautiful? Yeah. <laughs> those are real Thursday nice. night specials. But I was like, seven Smith? Who that? Because I was watching on mute. I was like, who's this? Like, I'm trying to think. I'm like, oh, yes, the old Jets QB, Geno Smith. But... Yeah, I said it on here. I liked uh, I liked the Rams minus two and a half. They covered. I think they they was a nice bounce back from them after losing to the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. The watch over the Rams, and if you had Robert Woods in fantasy, um, your patience paid off as he had a nice game yesterday. 
Did you see the Deshaun Jackson catch? It was about a 55-yarder. Um, he just was out of gas at the end. He literally just went out of bounds at the 11-yard line. He's like, okay, I've done enough. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe he's still in the league. He's been doing this for a long time. He just pops in, catches a long bomb. I mean, none more infamous than the one on what Monday Night Football where he dropped it before the goal, and we're still talking about it, but there he is, what, rocking number one now? Is yeah. that is that correct? Yeah, and one. Robert like, Woods, that? number two? Uh, it still throws me off these these skilled pl- position players with the single digits. Leonard Fournette's like number seven or something for for Tampa, but uh, well done, Deshaun. He's still going, has uh, still can catch the deep ball, and he he did it last <laughs> game too. So good for great him. great stat from Mark Sports video. Season Seahawks were seven and zero in lime green. What? So yeah, seven and zero in lime green. They pulled that out for a bunch of the big uh, big primetime games, and they've usually been pretty good in those games, but not last night. Uh, they, I think the Rams closed it about a two-point favorite. Uh, but the second Russell Wilson was out, I think you pretty much knew that that one was in the bag. All right, let's get to some puck talk. Ken Weeb joins us now of Sportsnet and the returning Kenny and Rennie show. The boys getting it together right after WST this afternoon, Weber. Good afternoon, Huss. Uh, great to be with you and your uh, viewers slash listeners. Uh, yeah, firing up a little season preview action here at 3 p.m. So hopefully some folks can uh, stick around and join us uh, for a little hockey talk. Uh, I know it's been an interesting week all around and fun to be getting. Uh, you know, these tests have been fun to watch, but uh, much like the players, I believe most fans and media members are ready for the real stuff to begin. Let's uh, let's get this exhibition stuff in the rearview mirror and uh, get this uh, get the lid open on the new season. Exactly. Well, we'll save the uh, season previewing for you and Rennie coming up at three o'clock on YouTube, guys. Make sure you just head over there after we're finished over at the Kenny and Rennie YouTube channel. Uh, but let's talk about this final preseason game tonight. No Josh Morrissey and no Blake Wheeler and. I- what do you make of Jansen Harkins going up in Wheeler's spot? Is this basically a reward for a guy that maybe has had uh, certainly right up there with the best camps of anybody uh, within the Jets room? Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it, Huss. Uh, we know that, um, as Mark Shifley pointed out in his media availability today, we know that there was a brief cameo for Jansen Harkins with Shifley and Wheeler uh, back a couple of years ago, I believe it was in that uh, road trip in Buffalo. I remember at least one of the games they played together there. Uh, this is more of a, you know, resting, uh, resting the captain, I believe, and uh, Josh Morrissey getting a, a breather as well. But uh, nothing, con- no concerns health related, we know for sure. In terms of Harkins, he has had a very solid camp. I think uh, this is more about opening the possibilities um, for Harkins to maybe potentially work his way into the mix for that third line right wing job, although I know. A lot of folks would love to see Perfetti up there in that first line, but um, I think that it's a good place for Harkins to be, and it's nice for him to be get that reward and maybe a bit of a carrot to play with those uh, highly skilled and elite-level players. But uh, I don't think this is an audition for down the road, but I think it is an audition for him to potentially be in that mix uh, because I think this is the best way to put it, Huss. I think Christian Veselainen has left the door open for that third line job competition to continue well into the season. And we knew it would continue. He wasn't being just handed the job. He was given the first opportunity at the job. And I would also say this, us, even though they took the assist off the board, Veselainen was, his play was critical on getting that first goal uh, where he made the play along the boards and you know, he didn't get the assist, but he drew two defenders to him, and that created the lane for the goal to be scored. And I thought that was one of his better outings of the entire preseason. 
And it was an important time for him to do that because Paul Maurice basically said the door is ajar. He said, you know, when he was asked about Svechnikov, yeah, I would say that he's in the running. Uh, we know now too, Jansen Harkins is also in the running and we know the safe, uh, you know, the safety valve would be Riley Nash potentially moving uh, to right wing on that line as well. But uh, expecting Nash to be the fourth line center out of the gate, best line and to start at right wing. But because Shifley's out in the opener, there's there's all kinds of, uh, you know, permutations and combinations that could be uh, thrown out in game one, including the potential for seven defensemen, which is what we will see tonight in Calgary in that Let finale. me just ask you, I mean, because you kind of mentioned, you know, he's getting the spot up at the top, maybe potentially auditioning for the third, the, that right spot side in the third uh, third line. Why wouldn't they just audition him on the third line if that is the case? <laughs> No, it's totally fair, Huss. Uh, it's a very good good question. And it, here's the other thing. We know Harkins has been used on occasion at center and is a natural center. So uh, although we all expect Paul Stastny to probably play in that role in game one, well, maybe Harkins, if he clicks tonight, could potentially be playing center on the top line just for that one game uh, You know, situation with Shifley being out. But uh, I think, like you said, it, it goes back to it kind of being a bit of a reward. And as we know, nothing is permanent. Nothing is set in stone. There could be six different combinations used on that line tonight, uh, for all we know. Uh, we know the only question mark uh, is whether it will be Dominic Toninato or uh, Evgeny Svechnikov in his sixth game of this uh, exhibition season tonight. I think that was still the, the one question that Maurice had. Uh, Gustafson will not play tonight. He was out with the extras. So was Veselainen. So... And then, as you mentioned, Wheeler and Morrissey being out. So uh, one of the biggest surprises for me, Hassan, we touched on it briefly uh, the last time I was with you, but uh, David Gustafson not really getting a long look during this camp. And yes, Paul Maurice was, you know, I think that uh, he left the trail of breadcrumbs for us a couple of days ago when I asked about Gustafson and saying his his path most likely will include, it's not always a straight and narrow path. It most likely will include some time with the moose. Uh, I think that was one of those poker tells, if you will. Uh, I think that Gustin will be the first, you know, have a heavy role with the moose, whether it's first line, center, second line, however way you want to distribute it with Cole Perfetti also being down there. But I would say it's probably a disappointment to Gustafson. who probably came in with very high hopes and uh, we discussed it. I, I thought that Gustin was the front runner, to nail down that job. And again, this is another reminder of how things are never permanent. David Gustin could go down for two days. He could go down for two months. He could be the Jets fourth line center before we know it. But uh, the fact that he wasn't given a whole lot of uh, runway with NHL, um, why do you think that was established NHL line you, mates talk, was one of the big, we, we talked about this plenty and you mentioned it. And I, I mean, I, I just, I guess. I mean, not really, really nitpicking. I mean, we haven't even got into the season, but it did right. seem a little strange that, you know, if you look at everyone and what they were given over the course of the training camp, he really was the one guy that didn't get much of an opportunity to play with some of the quote unquote NHL guys, even though he's still with the club right now. Yeah, it's true, Huss. And again, I, I, it's not a knock on Gustafson, I don't think. I think, it, as I mentioned to you the other time, I think part of it has to do with the Jets know what they have in Gustafson. But to me, he checks so many of the boxes of the attributes that are required for that fourth line role. You know, he's been in the league for a while. He's played against men both in Europe and in the American league. He was the MVP of the moose. He's a big, strong guy, mature, um, strong on the puck. He's a very conscientious two-way player, especially defensively, and he can kill penalties. So to me, it was going to be a natural for him to jump right in, but instead the Jets have chosen to try out kind of guys like Harkins and maybe even Svechnikov 
in sort of those penalty killing roles. And then kind of Tony Notto kind of came not out of the woodwork, but I would have anticipated him maybe being the 13th forward or maybe even starting with the Moose. Instead, it looks like he has nailed down one of those penalty killing jobs and that he will probably be in that game one uh, lineup as well on that fourth line. But again, that he doesn't have that spot nailed down yet, but it's certainly looking that way uh, after a strong weekend last weekend. Ken Weave joining us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Weaver, um, as far as the game tonight, uh, seven defensemen. Um, Billy Hano is going to be in there. He'll be getting some power play time. We'll talk about the special teams units in a minute. Bob, Bob, first off, update on Logan Stanley. And how do you see things working tonight? And what's the goal of having seven defensemen in? And how do they get run, uh, run in with each other? Yeah, we were looking for the uh, the clues this morning as well, and uh, no, Logan Stanley looks like he's uh, you know shaking off that. Uh, I believe it was called a lower body injury. Never really got the specifics. We know he did block a shot, but it didn't sound like that was maybe necessarily what had kept him out. He was working with the penalty kill today. Um, I asked Paul Marie specifically what his plans were with the defense core, and he said it was just going to be uh, you know moving the minutes around. So you know in their one of their drills, it looked like it was going to be Schmidt with Bolu, uh, Dylan with Pionk, and then uh, Demello with Hanela. But Logan Stanley will also be in that mix, and that's not to say that he won't spend time with with his regular defense partner in Dylan Demello, who we expect him to open the season with. But uh, we don't know specifically how those guys will be used tonight or or in the opener. But to me, it looks like Logan Stanley still has won the competition for the sixth job. But, I mean, we'll see. Hanela has another chance. Here. The old last chance hotel, I wouldn't call it that too. But it is the last preseason game. And uh, I think that Hanela, you know, would, need, would like to show well in that last game, whether that means potentially being in the game one lineup, which looks unlikely for now, or as a reminder to Paul Maurice and the coaching staff of what is, you know, in reserve, if you will, whether he starts the year with the moose or as the extra defenseman, depending on how things shake down with the uh, salary cap gymnastics that uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff and Larry Simmons will be working toward to try to maximize that LTIR pool. Once Brian little moves to that spot uh, on the opening day roster. But uh, Paul Maurice has been pretty open this week in saying that um, it's not necessarily going to be the game one lineup is not necessarily going to be the regular lineup because of some of those salary cap considerations. And, and that factors into guys like Perfetti who are on entry level contracts, but you have the bonus structure. Some of these things factor in some guys are on the league minimum. Some like such still needs to be signed us. I mean, he played four great games out of the gate. Uh, and I think he's been a consistent performer, both in the game action and in the practices that we've been watching. But to me, he looked a, just a, a touch tired in that fifth game the other night. I thought he was still effective, but he what he didn't have the same jump that he'd had previously. And I don't think that's just because the the level of competition was raised by Calgary's lineup or even the Jets lineup for that matter. I think that was maybe he hit that not not hit the wall, but like it got to the point of training camp where the legs were a little bit heavy. So uh, I'm curious to see if he plays tonight and what the bounce back level is, but I am still in full expectation that he will be signed to a two way contract by the Winnipeg jets, whether he's in the game one lineup or not that we still don't know. And that could be a salary cap consideration, but as a guy who is going to most likely be on a league minimum contract, that should not hurt his chances of being in that game one lineup. So I think he's had an excellent camp. 
And I think that he can, he's one of those guys, us that, you know, we talked about him as being one of the more intriguing players going into camp. He has lived up to the billing. And I think that he's a guy that can have more than just a fourth line role. And I'm not diminishing the importance of a fourth line role, but I think he could work his way up the food, the food chain during the course of the season, given the skill set that he employs. Kent, you mentioned the cap um, considerations and there are many right now. Yeah. This is maybe not very easy, but can you dumb this down? Can you give try and give the situation for the Winnipeg Jets yep. as simply as possible? From my understanding, they need to get as close to the cap without going over <laughs> for day one. Then Brian Little goes on LTIR. If you can, just try and explain that for everyone because I'm not sure anyone really, really gets it. It's true, Huss. Myself it is, included. It is, it is a complicated uh, document for sure. And uh, the other thing that is sort of complicates matters for that opening day lineup is that Mark Shifley is unavailable due to suspension, but the full hit still counts. But uh, the Jets will generally be rolling with a 22-man roster this year, Huss. There may be some times where there is the odd paper transaction where you know one of the younger players on an entry-level deal is just sent down to the moose. But... Um, what they really need to worry about is trying to maximize the LTIR pool. So Brian Little is a 5.291 salary. So the Jets are trying to get as close to 81.5 as they can in order to maximize that pool during the course of the year. So you have certain players that are, you know, the difference between having a league minimum player and say Christian Veselainen, uh, who is one of those guys, but you know, there's a couple guys that make a little bit more on their ELC. than a guy like Svechnikov who will be making the 750. The one thing we went into the year wondering about was that if potentially Nathan Beaulieu would be in that Matthew Perot scenario where he could potentially be waived initially so that, you know, his salary will still count a certain degree above, even though he had been sent down. So it's, and they could have another guy on the roster instead, but because he makes 1.25, there will still be some portion of that that counts against the cap, even though he technically wouldn't be on that roster. But the way the Jets composition is right now, it may be more valuable for them to actually just have Bull use 1.25 on the opening day roster as well. Then you don't have to worry about subjecting him to waivers. And the thing that also maybe complicated things a bit was Dylan Sandberg being injured on the first day of training camp. So he's not available in reserve. If someone were to be claimed on waivers, then all of a sudden it looked like there was all this depth on the back end. And yes, there still is depth with Declan Chisholm, Johnny Kovacevic, all those guys that showed well, they don't necessarily want to subject another veteran player to waivers either. And we know that Nathan Bully was valued for the intangibles and the things that he brings to, you know, the lineup and he's a Paul Murray's favorite and all of that. But uh, there's, the dumbing it down portion is difficult because we don't know exactly. We know there's a couple guys who need to be sent down. And I think being, being on a entry level deal is going to maybe hurt the cause of one or two of the players. And, uh, you know, it maybe even hurt Gustafson's cause in the, in the, in the training camp, you know, whereas I'm not saying he's ahead of Riley Nash because he isn't on the depth chart, but because you have Nash and Svechnikov probably right around that 750 mark, some of the guys that are at 894 or, you know, whether it's 925, when you include the bonuses, there may not be room. There may have to be a little bit of the massaging on the edges of the roster, but generally the Jets will be taking 22, but you can't really roll into Anaheim 
with a 22 man roster, knowing that Shifley is unavailable, then you really only have one person in reserve. And all of a sudden somebody pulls a groin at the morning skate. And now all of a sudden you're playing one under. So I assume the jets will open or have 23 men available for the opener, but there'll be a little bit of shuttling up and down at the beginning of the year. But uh, overall they're going to carry 22 men, uh, you know, for the most part. And uh, sorry about the long winded way of saying that it's a complicated scenario and it will become more apparent after those initial, it'll become, more apparent once those rosters are submitted but don't be married to the season opening roster meaning that's the opening night lineup that is the biggest thing that we can say to folks <laughs> ken uh overall it's i mean essentially training camp is pretty much done this is the final preseason game and after yep. tonight into the weekend a couple days off and we'll be preparing for that first road trip out to california in your opinion who are the big winners out of training camp? I mean, who are the guys that made the most of their opportunity and are right now in a much better position than maybe you thought they were when we opened camp? Yeah, I think Jansen Harkins is the, you know, probably, you know, Svechnikov is probably the runaway winner because we didn't know exactly what the Jets were going to get out of him. Because as we mentioned, here was someone on the discard pile who was once a 19th overall pick with all this promise and had clicked with Pierre-Luc Dubois with the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles. He's the runaway winner because he basically came in on a PTO, even though we knew or we the expectation was that there was an arrangement, whether it's in the top drawer or just was a matter of seeing it uh, to believe it sort of situation. But Jansen Harkins, to me, Huss, is the is the is the runaway winner of the players that we knew because we simply didn't know sort of how he kind of not uh, fell out of favor is not the right word. But here was a guy that was on kind of like a ascension that like looked like it was out of a rocket ship where he went from American league player who had to spend a couple of weeks, you know, with in, in the East ECHL, all of a sudden now he's getting cameos with Wheeler and Shifley to being beaten out of a roster spot at times by a Dominic Toninato or a Trevor Lewis or a Nate Thompson. So, um, Harkins did an amazing job of staying ready. I know that last year would have been incredibly frustrated, frustrating for him, you know, minimal production, but used in a minimal role. So here's a guy who basically the coach challenged him to earn a roster spot in training camp. And not only has he done that, he's worked himself into the mix where he's involved in this discussion for potentially being a third line player by the start of the year. And Harkins is a guy who, you know, he was a prolific junior player. He'd love to be a top six player regularly, but going from extra forward to potentially at least stabilizing on the fourth line with an opportunity for immediate growth. I would say he has shown incredibly well and actually love the way that he responded. I mean, to that Blake Coleman hit, uh, I actually looked like we were watching them quite closely. It looked like they might actually go toe to toe when they came out of the penalty box uh, after their coincidental minors had ended. We know that was a dirty hit that related, you know, Blake, Blake Coleman's not a dirty player, but it was a bad hit. So he is, he's, he had been ejected accordingly. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, it was, but I also will say this. I mean, I like that Blake Coleman didn't shy away from things after usually when a player like that throws a hit like that, and he's lucky enough not to be tossed, he kind of goes into the weeds and you don't really notice him. Like he still was kind of feisty for the remainder of the game. But I also love that Jansen Arkins didn't back down. You know, he's not known for dropping the mitts. He's a guy who's got soft hands, but he's a competitive guy. He didn't like the hit and he let Coleman know about it. And, you know, he gave him a cross check back. So uh, I think that was important. And 
the most important thing is that he was healthy and not injured because of the nature of the hit itself. But I think that Harkins has shown really well. He's a guy who works really hard in his game. Uh, he has skill and he has the ability to be a player that uh, can be one of those guys providing secondary scoring. And I also love the fact we talked about this last year, Huss. Veselainen, Harkins, these guys needed to gravitate towards the Adam Lowry's and the Andrew Cops to learn how to kill penalties because that's what that's what moves your minutes from potentially 7 to 11, you know, and that as a young player, it's an important thing. And I mean, if you if you played hockey for a while, you're a good player. You will have killed penalties at some point, but you have to earn the trust of the coaching staff to throw you out there because special teams are such an important and critical part of the game. Now, Ken, I don't really know how this happened um, because the guy came off a career season last year. He is a pending unrestricted free agent, but somehow, at least in the chat, Andrew Cobb has become the new polarizing lightning oh, rod yeah. middle six forward right now. What do you make a cop situation, the opportunity that he's got playing with Dubois and Ehlers right off the bat, as well as in the context of the fact that, you know, this is a contract year going into unrestricted free agency. Yeah, it's an earned opportunity for all the folks that uh, say that Andrew Kopp can't score. Well, all he's done basically every year has improved his totals on those fronts and continues to be one of, if not the most responsible player on the entire team. So to me, it's an earned opportunity. We know there's some built-in chemistry with uh, Nikolai Ehlers from the time where they spent with Paul Stastny in the middle last year. Uh, I think he's a perfect uh, player to play with Pierre-Luc Dubois coming out of the gate so that Dubois can just focus in on playing his game. I think he's a guy that would, you know, he's, he's going to need to re- raise his level once the season starts. We know that's the case. Uh, Andrew Kopp has done nothing but generate scoring chances during this preseason have they come naturally right away no but guess what they would jets fans would rather him convert those chances in the regular season and then certainly into the playoffs uh than right now but i think andrew cop's an incredibly confident player uh he is you know he can play on that role i mean if he's on the third line at some point, it just means that the Jets have incredible depth and he is an outstanding third line player. But to me, there's no doubt in my mind that he can be a key contributor in the top six for the Winnipeg Jets. And I don't want to hear anyone saying that he doesn't have the hands to hands to play in that role. He has the smarts to play in that role. He has the ability to get the puck to people in great positions and he has the opportunity to convert. He continues to work on his that part of his game. And let's not get ourselves, Huss. He's a highly moded individual. Because yeah. when you're going into a contract year, the Jets matter the most. But Andrew Kopp knows that in order to get paid what he believes he is worth and he has earned, he will need to turn that 15 goal season into 20 plus if you want to get paid the way that a Zach Hyman did in the off season. And we know Andrew Kopp is comfortable betting on himself and I would be comfortable betting on him, whether I was a fan, a better or a member of the coaching staff, because he continues to get better and evolve as a player. And he's a guy that's never complacent. You're you're not going to see Andrew Kopp say, you know what? I punched my ticket into the top six. It's easy street from here on in. Let me put it on cruise control. That's not going to happen with Andrew Kopp. He's going to take his game to that next level, and he's going to start quieting, silencing some of the doubters, in my opinion. If you had to nail down percentage chance that Andrew Kopp is a Winnipeg Jet a year from now when we're starting next year, I mean, is it 20%? Is it 50 I mean, because as much as I think the Jets would love to keep him long-term. And I think if they had the opportunity to do that this summer, they may have done that. It wasn't the case. 
We do know that the unrestricted free agency is at the end of the season, no matter what, and unless they sign it. Is there a good? Is there a chance? Do you think he's back, or will that really depend on a number of things as well as what else they would have to do to have the room to sign him? For sure, Huston, and that's a that's a big thing, of course. But to me, I'd still be comfortable going in a uh, you know fifty plus percentage. I know that a lot of people are not as comfortable on that, and some people think it's a hundred percent chance that he's gone. I'm here to tell you once again that is not the case. Andrew Kopp loves the situation he's in. He loves being part of the core group. But he wants to get paid. So those are two things that are both both can be true, even though sometimes you can't get the same thing accomplished. But to me, Andrew Kopp is willing to be the next jet to plant the flag in the ground and say, I'm with these guys. I can win a Stanley Cup here and I can be an important part of that moving forward. What we also know, Pierre-Luc Dubois will need a new contract as an RFA next summer as well. Paul Stastny, no one's trying to push him out the door by any stretch, but is it likely that he'll be back? No, I think it's more likely that he has provided the safety net to get Cole Perfetti ready. So if Perfetti is maybe potentially coming in for Stastny, you have some money that can be distributed, whether that's to both players or some combination of that. Dubois will be getting a raise from the $5 million that he earns. Kopp will be getting a raise. Now it's a matter of you know getting the numbers to work. By next year, I think Vili Hainala will be a full-time player. So there's another player on an ELC. So now there's probably, there probably will be enough money to make it work because of the way the contracts were structured for Neil Pionk in the off season. Uh, But it's a matter of finding, you know, Andrew Kopp cementing himself in that top six and then finding the money to make it work. I don't think, you know, Andrew Kopp certainly has earned the right to go to UFA status and to hear what else is out there in terms of offers. But I think similarly to what the Jets did with Adam Lowry, I believe they value Andrew Kopp and would like to make him the next piece of the puzzle to sign on long term. Can they do that without knowing what the cap looks like next year? It looks like it could go up moderately, but we don't know for sure. That's what could allow this to stretch on a little bit longer and maybe potentially even into the offseason. But to me, Andrew Kopp is a better than 50% chance to remain with the Winnipeg Jets because of his investment. I think I called it sweat equity in my offseason column when Andrew Kopp did sign. He's invested a lot in this community, into this program, into the organization. And he wants to reap the rewards, Huss. And you can understand, you want to reap the financial rewards. But, you know, the last thing you want to do if you're Andrew Kopp is end up on a team, you know, down the road, a, a non-contender, but you made an extra half a mil or a mil, and then go and watch the Jets win the Stanley Cup. Again, I'm not here saying and projecting the Jets are winning the Stanley Cup, but they're a contender again. So to go to a non-contender just to make an extra 500000 I don't see that being worth it to Andrew Kopp, but he wants to go somewhere where he's valued, which he is valued here, and he wants to get paid, and he wants to continue to be productive on a contending team. So that's why I believe there's still a you know better than 50% chance that Andrew Kopp remains within the organization. All right, we mentioned Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, you know, we'll be talking a lot about PLD and how he looks, but right now, I mean, give us the Dubois, the Ken Weeb Dubois-O-meter on his camp so far and now how he's looking with Ehlers going into this final preseason game tonight. 
Yeah, I think I mean I think it's fair to say that he looks healthier for sure. To me, he looks more powerful. But uh, I think that Pierre Luc Dubois is looking forward to the regular seasons and games beginning. Uh, I believe uh, you know I think he's adjusting to his spot. I know we touched on the uh, special teams earlier. Uh, he's adjusting to a new spot on the power play where it looks like he will be this high slot presence uh, on that unit with Mark Shifley and company. Uh, I think that Pierre Luc Dubois is going to really settle in nicely with Nikolai Ehlers and Andrew Kopp, but. Uh, you know, he's still kind of finding his way in the preseason format, which is not surprising. All players are finding their way if you're a veteran. And as Paul Maurice so aptly pointed out, a lot of the times those guys are just trying to get to the finish line so they can start the real game. So I'm, I'm on record as saying this. I will say it again, Huss. I expect Pierre-Luc Dubois to have an excellent season. Uh, what that translates into, his game goes well beyond the numbers, but... Uh, I, I do expect him to be a guy that can score 20 goals. I do expect him to be in that, you know, maybe 60, 60 plus point range because he's playing with Ehlers that will allow him to probably pick up some extra points. And as Brendan Dillon kind of joked about, you can maybe leave the puck behind him behind the net and watch Ehlers go end to end and find your way into getting a couple of secondary apples. But uh, I think the Pierre Luc Dubois is going to be a force. He's going to be a physical force. Uh, he's going to be tough to play against. And part of what Paul Maurice talked about in, in the Adam Lowry line shifting its responsibilities was that Pierre-Luc Dubois and Andrew Kopp and Nikolai Ehlers, they will be giving an opportunity to elevate their minutes by going head-to-head against the other team's best on occasion. And I think that is an area where Dubois can really thrive. Everyone talks about that series against Toronto where he went up against Tavares and Matthews. And he can do that on a consistent basis as being a two-way force. And I see him playing that role with the Winnipeg Jets this year and having an outstanding bounce back. Uh, Kenny, great stuff. Just one more thing on tonight's game. Um, who's going to be in the Wheeler spot? It's quickly on the power play. It looks like Hanel is going to be in where Josh Morrissey was on PP2 along with right. Nate Schmidt. Who's in the Wheeler hole? That's a PP one. It's a great question. Uh, actually, Wheeler was working in that spot today, so there were no hints given there. Uh, Cole Perfetti was killing penalties. Could I see an option for Cole Perfetti to slide in there, perhaps? And mm. uh, I mean, maybe it also could be Harkins, I guess. Uh, and it also, you know what? The other thing, Huss, they could put Kyle Connor back in his regular spot in that one-timer spot as well, and maybe just change the dynamic a little bit there. So I don't have a great answer for you. Uh, Paul Maurice did not provide any breadcrumbs or clues on that front but uh, i'll be i'll be watching very closely as uh, you and everyone else will be well, what did you think about morrissey and uh, schmidt on pp2 together it was interesting to see morrissey actually playing down low at times and with that rotation getting ehlers back on the point uh, and josh in uh you know past the hash marks yeah, I like it. It's a good spot for him. I know some folks just think it should be four and one, uh, four forwards and one defenseman, but I think Josh actually can really flourish there. I think he's worked on a shot in the offseason, and uh, I like him in the shooting slot and then having Nate Schmidt up top being the distributor. I think he can really uh, do a nice job there. And as Morrissey pointed out, he's not used to having the, the cross-ice feed coming from that angle where Ehlers, when he has the you know the, the spin around at the top where he gets that speed going when he either shoots or... But you got to be ready, right? Everyone's looking for Ehlers to shoot, and he has adopted that shooting mentality mentality as I wrote about today at sportsnet.ca but he also has that great passing and vision that he can get it across and Morrissey admitting himself the other day that he wasn't ready for a few of those uh, pucks that were uh, put on a tee for him but uh, I expect he'll do a nice job in that role and we'll continue there's another guy to us talked about him a lot this year Josh Morrissey is going to have a great year Nate Schmidt is going to help him dramatically and he's in such a good headspace I really think that Morrissey uh, is going to be a really you know solid rock solid defender for the Winnipeg Jets who's going to be a two-way force and and then we'll see what happens uh, from there on in but I'm expecting a big year from Dubois and Morrissey both
All right, Weber. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Weeb's World. You can read his work on the Winnipeg Jets at sportsnet.ca. And of course, coming up 3 p.m. right after we're finished up, uh, you and Reynolds getting going with another edition of Kenny and Rennie. Give a quick plug for that, Ken, on your way out. Yep, join us 3 p.m. Uh, on our YouTube channel or click on uh, on our on my Twitter account, or you can also hit us afterward on the uh, podcast, wherever you get your favorites. But uh, looking forward to seeing everybody there. Thanks, Huss, for having me. Have a fantastic weekend and a tremendous finish to the show here. Right on. Happy Thanksgiving, pal. Thanks so much for doing this. Well. Uh, we'll talk to you next week when it counts. Looking forward to it, my man. Take care. <laughs> All right, there he is. Ken Weeb joining us. Kenny and Randy coming up top of the hour as soon as we are finished up here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. We're going to stay talking hockey. The digital gambler Andy McNeil's in the house going to join us to discuss his VIS in 2021-22 NHL betting guide. Uh, before that, I want to thank Not Autocorp for their amazing support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Finished up the uh, the Milt Stiegel TV spot shoot. You'll be able to see that, I'm sure, during some NFL football sometime soon. But if you are looking for a vehicle, heck, even if you just want to kick some tires, pop down to Not Autocorp. The work that they've done inside the building is absolutely staggering. Not quite as staggering, though, as the incredible vehicles on the lot. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? And, of course, the Winnipeg Car Lab is open right now doing full corporate wraps for vehicles, striping, tinting, rims, and so much more. You can follow them on all the socials at Winnipeg Car Lab. Uh, of course, end of the show today, Canadian Club, our official whiskey and the official whiskey of the Blue Bombers. Got a great giveaway. We've got our first co-branded CC Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie to give away. We've got an I Love Rye package and more. And of course, we'll be at the game tonight. And I know many people will be hoisting a CC and Coke or a CC and Ginger and cheering on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Of course, they got the Jim Beam still host there, the Brugal Rum Hut. But the CC is available everywhere in IG Field. So enjoy a couple tonight at the game. And, of course, you can pick it up at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts as well. And a big thanks to a DQ Nick. Nick came by today. I fueled up for today's show with one of my favorites, the Ultimate Grill Burger, and a couple chicken fingers. An amazing, amazing meal. But it's all about the ice cream. A couple tr- uh, frozen treats of pizzas making my way. Some ice cream sandwiches. It was a nice delivery from Nick. You can do that as well by popping by any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Still time for a great taste of summer with the blizzard. And of course, if you do want to order a cake, just hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They'll take your order and have it ready for you quick and easy at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQ locations. All right, don't forget... Big Marble Race, end of the program before we turn it over to Kenny and Rennie. But right now, let's welcome in Andy McNeil from Beeson to get ready for the upcoming season, discuss his 2021-22 NHL betting guide. Andy, what's going on? How are you? You know what, Reem? I can't hear Andy. I think he's got, uh, we got a mute on. Andy that's has himself bad. muted. Sorry. Yeah, perfect. That, that's my what, bad. Sorry. What's going on? Wanna... Welcome back to the program. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. How about you? Oh, fired up for the season. You know, got a chance to take in a couple preseason games. Obviously, been focusing on a lot of football right now, but uh, we are just about to the uh, starting grid for the 82-game season, and uh, it's a perfect time to have you on because spending a lot of time going over all of the prop offerings, uh, season bets that are available right now, and uh, you've put it all together in one betting guide. Just quickly before we talk about the Jets and some of the other teams, uh, give us a bit of a plug on uh, what is in the 2021-22 betting guide that you put together with Vizen and how people can get it. 
Uh, well, you can get it at vcin.com slash subscribe. It's $9.99, which I think is uh, is quite a good price, to be honest. Um, there's a, a, a schedule tracker in there that breaks everything down. I'm talking rest days, back-to-backs, three and four nights, et cetera, um, and, and all of the projections uh, included. You know, and, and then there's analysis on all 32 teams. So a pretty comprehensive guide, something that I uh, kind of market as uh, like a companion that you can take around and shop uh, and help you know, as you shop for prices in the futures market. Well, and and one of the things I'll give you, I mean, there's a lot of work that went into this. I mean, it really is a great piece. Um, But there's also, and I get this all the time, because whether it's on the lock shopper here, we're often talking about betting. We're talking about lines and the difference between futures and game bets. And um, the one thing that I think will be really helpful to a lot of people just getting into this space is you know a basically a glossary of what everything means um so really help helping people that maybe are just getting into the space sort of walk through all this new information that might be a little foreign to them right off the bat yeah well i i think you know in general um futures markets like the stanley cup futures i if, if you go through the guide you'll you'll notice that i don't really touch on uh stanley cup futures whatsoever because at this time of the year those those markets have been up since the end of, of last year's playoffs and, and are pretty mature. Uh, you're not getting very good value for, for your, your money um, at this point in time, unless something, you know, drastic happens uh, with an injury or a trade or something like that, let's say. Um, but uh, you know, season point totals, um, division odds, uh, things like that, that there is some value there. Uh, point total markets uh, uh, specifically, are you know off the sports books are off by roughly seven and a half points on average, uh, you know over the years. So um, they're they're beatable, is, is I guess is what I'm trying to say. And and I think for the the casual better that's just trying to get into this, it's a great time to start. Maybe you don't have uh, enough time, you know, on any given day to to really dive into a game, uh, but you have to be able to find some time, you know, in the week leading up to the season uh, to place a, a couple of bets that can you know give you some rooting interest throughout. No doubt about it. Um, fill us in on what goes into making these projections. I mean, all the information. I mean, I know it's sort of like a special recipe with everything, but I mean, <laughs> what sort of what sort of stuff are you considering um, that you take into consideration when you're putting together your predictions, which historically have been very, very strong, Andy? Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's it's a mixture of things I've I've learned. Uh, you know that I that I can spice in, like you said. But you know, in general, um, I'm not doing anything much different than. Than a lot of the other people in the space, as far as uh, you know, using analytics to to build models and and whatnot. Um, as far as my game predictions go, it's it's actually a pretty basic basic model, and I, I don't think it requires um, much, you know, uh, let's say uh, sophistication uh, to really make something valuable when we're talking about the NHL. At least not now. I mean, player and puck tracking is coming, and the sports books are going to get that data before before we get it. So right now the, the playing field is, is pretty, pretty level, but, but I guess once they, they, um, you know, get their hands on that and start, start learning a few things that maybe we don't know about the game, uh, it, it could get a little bit tougher in some respects, but, um, sorry, go ahead. It's interesting that you mentioned that because that's something I'm really interested in waiting to see this information that going forth. I mean, what do you think that we'll get? I mean, whether it's players or whether it's the books, what information do you think will come out of that stuff that may be of, of any benefit when, you know, we're talking about these sort of things? Yeah. I don't think anything, I think, you know, right off the bat, it's going to allow sports books to create all sorts of different markets. Like, um, you know, uh, things that we couldn't measure before, like, um, you know, 
where's the the next goal going to be scored from? It'll be easy to verify that, right? Uh, you know, things like that. I think I think you'll see things like that offered up pretty quickly uh, once once the, they they hit the ground running. And this is just you know me speculating on things. Uh, I don't have any inside information or anything like that. But um, uh, you know, I, I, I like I do think it, it eventually it, it could pose a challenge for for sports betters. Uh, the sports books have some some pretty smart people working for them, and and you know they'll they'll probably have first dibs on, on that that new data and and the public won't uh, won't be privy to that so um i mean it's it's something to be concerned about i guess for someone like me well it'll be interesting i mean to, you know to see what can we can get out of it i mean the more information the better i say but uh it's just would be good to get it as well as having the books and everyone get that so we're on an even playing field by the way getting a lot of love for the hat in the chat andy that is an absolute yeah. beauty you picked the right show to wear it on well, of course, I you know I had you guys in mind when I when I, I bought about twenty hats to be honest, but uh, but this is a great logo and and I, I've been on the hunt for for one of these jerseys like the the, the Heritage Classic I guess it would have yeah. been, um, but uh, but they're, they're tough to find at this point. Well, we'll have to hook you up with our boys over at Royal Sports. They've certainly got a lot down the street, a great sponsor Ooh, of ours. Yeah. So let's talk about the Jets right off the bat because one of the things that the, the the preview does is break down each and every team, odds on it, some of the off changes. Um, a pretty broad question, but um, thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets going into this season with the pretty significant offseason additions of Brendan Dillon and Nate Schmidt on the blue line. That was seemingly the Achilles heel of the Winnipeg Jets. That you know, the top four defense certainly seems like they are way ahead of where they were at the end of last season going into game one next week. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's if, if you're going to like anything about the Jets heading into the season, it's the fact that they've got an improved uh, blue line. Um, and, you know, th- this team is one of the most intriguing teams, in my opinion. Um, the, the fact that they don't really grade out very, very well by, you know, expected goals uh you know in a lot of ways um but but they end up being a team that that scores more than they get scored on right so um and then it's been consistent over a large sample so uh they're they're an intriguing team to me i think there's probably something here that a lot of people are missing that that you know rely too heavily on 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 stats um or analytics sorry but you know i i I like this team and i think i i think they're a dark horse let's say but I, i wouldn't call them sneaky because i think if you've been paying attention the last few few seasons, you know, they're not sneaking up on anybody. This is a, a very good hockey team. I believe you can get minus 135, which I know some people might seem or think seems kind of silly to lay, lay juice um, or lay chalk, sorry, uh, in the, you know, on a futures market like that. But to make the playoffs, I think that should be closer to minus 175. Let's just double check here. I have it up. Um Winnipeg Jets to make the playoffs minus 182 is a fair number in my opinion that's what I think the line should be so quite a bit of value at minus 135 um I don't like the Minnesota Wild I I think they're going to take a step back this year uh Dallas has some problems particularly like what's how many good games is is Braden Holtby going to play and and how is that going to work out right so um I, I think the the Jets are a team that could really uh, push Colorado in a lot of ways in the in the central division and make it interesting. So we'll see. Well, you know, it's funny. And I mean, obviously, Cool Bet's a big supporter of ours. And we always use their numbers. Jets, I was looking last night, uh, minus 130 to make the playoffs. So certainly based on what you've said, I mean, some real good value. And again, it's a fun bet to make because 
every time the team wins. I mean, you pretty much, your goals are the same thing as the team is to get in there and make the playoffs. And uh, based on the numbers, the Jets, do you have a, th- a theory on this? I mean, I just have sort of found that, you know, because they're a small market team, they don't have a long historic fan base, you know, outside of this area. A lot of times the Jets have been slept on, both individual players uh, as well as the team in specific odds. Like earlier this summer, we got on the Jets 50 to 1 to win the cup. And again, we talked about cup bets. I mean, it's one of those things. But oh, when no, you look when you looked at the teams that they were around the neighborhood they were in, it just didn't make sense. Now it's in and around 50, but as well as the prop props on players have always seemed to be diminished a little bit. And, you know, kind of finding those spots of teams that are slept on a little bit can be an area where you can really get some nice value when you're making wagers. Yeah, I mean, you did the right thing by by looking for that Stanley Cup bet early in the summer um, and not, not sleeping on it, right? I mean, I, I was more talking about not really focusing on that market in in late September, early yeah. October, because um, things have kind of been set. The contenders, the the dark horses, every, everything's kind of been been figured out by this point in a lot of ways. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I just I just got into hockey cards again recently a little bit. And I've learned that, you know, there's a, a, a little bit of a, a value problem when it comes to, to Winnipeg Jets cards. I mean, nobody wants to buy them. I don't I don't get it. But yeah, a small market team. Uh, maybe they fly under the radar a little bit, but in today's day and age, I think uh, it's pretty hard to fly under the radar. If, if they're if they're as good as I think they could be this year, then then people will wake up to it pretty quickly. I think. No doubt about it. The total for uh, the one of the real popular bets is just uh, you know an over under a number of points for the season. Uh, Jets on most books are listed at ninety two and a half uh, minus one ten on both sides. Um, you know, it sounds like from what your projections are. Um, pretty solid lean to the over on that, Andy. Well, yeah, I've like so average points. I've got Winnipeg at ninety five point one. Um, you know, so a little bit of an edge there. But I, I think minus one thirty five to make the playoffs is a better bet. I think they're pretty comparable bets, but I, I like that bet better if it, you know, if if it comes down to it at the end of the season. Um, I, I, you know, I'd rather not be thinking about how many points they, they, they have to get. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Just get the job done. Be playing in the postseason. One of the other interesting ones that we talked about, and there's, and maybe of all of the lines that have been out, this one moved the most, um, you know, just three weeks ago or so when we were looking at all the Winnipeg futures, uh, you know, the Jets had moved from 50 to 40 to win the cup. They were 20 to one to win the West. And yet they were 21 to one to win the central division. Now I realize Colorado was a big heavy favorite and there's a reason for that. And all of the other teams have a pretty significant number, but that one's gone from 21 to one to 13 to one over the course of the last few weeks. And I think that would indicate a lot of people are going, wait a second, this doesn't really make sense. Uh, this is a team that, you know, if you want to go off of Colorado would have probably as good a chance as any other team in the central to be challenging for top spot if it got there. Yeah, so anybody who grabbed that, you know, twenty to one or twenty-one to one, uh, got a really good number. I, I give the Jets a six percent chance of winning the division. Doesn't seem that great, but that's you know roughly fifteen to one. Um, so you, you've got value there at thirteen to one. Not not so much, right? So um, you probably want to pass on that one right now. Uh, and players, um, Nikolai Ehlers is the talk of the town. Everyone's so excited to see what he can do in a full season back with fans, considering what he's done the last couple of years, uh, a pretty lofty number for goals in the season at 28 and a half. 
but you'd be hard pressed to find someone around here that doesn't think he's a lock for 30 goals. Uh, any thoughts on Ehlers and maybe any of the other jets when it comes to individual performances this year? Um, I, to be honest, I didn't dive a whole lot into that, uh, this season. Um, I've been busy with, uh, the actual, I've, I've got some, some pretty cool stuff planned at Beeson, uh, this season, um, that involves a, a player prop pricing app, um, called the propagator. And, and it's a, it's, you know, on a game by game basis, looking at every game, every player. So I haven't thought too much about futures this year as I've been trying to launch that and get that up and running to, uh, to, to, you know, be ready for the, the start of the season, which is, is coming pretty quick. But um, no, I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm in the camp that, that sees Ehlers around 30 goals. But, um, you know, if it, if you're talking 28 and a half, you said? Yeah, 28 and a half is the number that we're seeing. Yeah, and, and probably laying a bit of chalk there. I mean, on those bets, there's typically, uh, you know, a pretty, pretty big margin uh, with those things because they don't like to get beat on those. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I'd probably lean on passing on something like that. I know it's boring, but that's where I'm at. <laughs> well, what about Patrick Line? His number is 19 and a half. I mean, I know he's in Columbus. I know they don't have any centers, but this guy scores 20 goals in his sleep, right? Yeah, it's yeah, that's 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 a pretty low number. Um, and you've got to like the prospect of of Jacob Borjek and him kind of teaming up and, and really, you know, being, let, let's say, like given the freedom to play the way they want to. And then then things could really work out for him. So, so yeah, I lean over there for sure. Uh, you mentioned Minnesota. And it's funny because, you know, in the lock shop, we were doing our first show when it came to futures. Uh, and I was loving the Jets over 92 and a half. And the Minnesota number, I think at the time, was like 98 and a half or something like that. We were on the under. So we're we're on the same side. But, you know, maybe outside of the Central Division or, you know, through everything that you've done, is there a team or two that sort of sticks out to you, at least as opposed to what's out there on most markets that um, you're either particularly high on or particularly low on as opposed to what we're seeing posted? Um, I'm pretty close on everything. I think I'm a, a little higher on the Islanders than, than some places as far as, you know, their odds of, of winning the division. I think my fair odds are about plus 250. So that's, you know, anything at three to one or better would, would be a good bet. In my opinion, I believe you can find four to one out there if you look, but, um, you know, there's, there's, I, I guess Calgary maybe, uh, but I, I've seen a lot of other people now, um, since I've kind of started to dive into what other people have been saying, which I kind of ignore until I'm, I'm finished doing my thing. Um, I, I, I've seen a lot of people kind of coming around on Calgary and, and I do, you know, at, at 13, 12 to one or 13 to one, I think that's not a bad bet to, to win the division either. I know the Oilers, you know, obviously are, uh, the, 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 the upper echelon if we're looking at everybody below Vegas, but um, you know, anything can happen. And, and I think that price should be closer to seven to one. They've got the prospect of having pretty good goaltending, um, you know, full season of Daryl Sutter, a pretty, pretty decent offset offense. And, you know, the only thing that, that kind of stood in the way of their, them making the playoffs last year was their uh, inability to, to figure out the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, that is still a mystery, and it still is a thorn in the side of many people down in southern Alberta. I have to ask you about the Kraken. I have been stunned to see where they have been listed, and maybe this is just a Vegas hangover of how bad everybody got burned on the preseason predictions of Vegas and you know what they did in the first year. But first of all, how challenging was it to put together predictions for a team that has never played a game yet um, and where are you at the Kraken in what I think most people would agree is a pretty weak Pacific division? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a little bit challenging, but I, I just kind of approach it 
the, the same way. I, I looked at what they, they had in, in the three areas, goaltending, defense, and offense, and, and kind of summed it up and, and, and came up with a pretty average, slightly below average team rating. Um, the offense leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, Yanny Gord, he's not going to be in the lineup for, I don't know how long right now, but um, it's, you know, that, that he's arguably their best offensive player. I know they got, you know, Jared McCann who, who could have a good season, but um, it's, it's, you just look at that team and you wonder where are the goals going to come from. And they were priced around, you know, or listed at around 94 and a half points. And now they're down around 92 and a half. Um, I think it could have been even been higher than that earlier in the, the, the fall. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's tough for teams that are built that way. Yeah, they've got great goaltending. Yeah, they've got great defense. But you know, if you're up against Connor McDavid and you're locked in a two-two game and there's ten minutes to go, or uh, it, it's you know, it's probably going to go the other way more often than not. And and um, the that the, you know the disparity uh, the 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 difference in skill um, is it, offensively is is just going to probably hold that team back. Andy, great stuff, man. Always love having you on the program. Can't wait to get after it on the uh, when the season gets going next week. Again, it's the 2021-22 NHL betting guide. It's available at vison.com. Uh, fill us in on uh, what you've got coming up heading into the season and the content that you're going to be doing for Vison and how people can catch more of what you've got going at Vison this season. Yeah, so head on over to VEASAN, check out the subscription page. Um, I think there's a, a lot of different options there for people to uh, to take in. But um, I'm, I'm going to be providing pretty comprehensive uh, hockey betting content and, and, you know, looking at game lines and totals and whatnot, but but focusing a lot on, on player props this year, too, because I think that's a great market for uh, specifically recreational bettors to, to dive into. Um, the limits are a little bit lower. But, uh, you know, the edge can be a, a lot bigger and, and there can be um, a lot of good bets to make. So definitely have some some plans to do some live streams, hoping to get those off the ground next week. But if not uh, the week after and, and take it from there. But I think things are going to develop as, as the season uh, gets underway. I'm very much looking forward to the propagator and everything else that you've got coming up this season. Andy, thanks so much for doing this. For sure. Shout out to Range Hockey, who who is the 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 people behind the 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 propagator, uh, and and they partnered with Beast, and just want to fit that in there. Well, perfect. Well, we'll look forward to having you back on board. You can tell us more about it, and hopefully, we can get some winners for a Jets game coming up this season. Totally, we can do some uh, some screen sharing. I think too that would that would be something cool. I'm, I'm thinking that sounds like a plan. Follow him, all folks, right. at Digital Gambler, and check out all of his work over at Veasan.com. That is our guy, Andy McNeil. Oh, cannot wait for the season. Of course, we do have uh, probably many of you getting into maybe a pool or a fantasy league draft final couple days before the season gets going early next week. And for the Winnipeg Jets, it's go time Wednesday night, a 9 p.m. Winnipeg time start. No Mark Shifley for game number one in Anaheim, California against the Ducks. All right, let's get Remus back in here because we've got a couple things to do before we finish up. We will try and finish up by 3 o'clock so everyone can head over and join the gang over at Kenny and Rennie. Um, Remo, let's uh, let's maybe start getting people in for the marble race at the end. We can kind of talk about the uh, Dale Howarchuk auctions while we load this up and then uh, finish it off with uh, with what should be an awesome marble race and our first ever CCWST co-branded hoodie to give away. Yeah, that's a good plan. So I will hit go on this thing. Uh, we did exclamation marbles before. Is that what you want to do again? Sure, it's nice and easy. Everyone knows it. N- nice and easy. All right, let's go. So it's going to go 
and uh, I disabled the um would like tell people in chat every time they got entered it would just flood the chat so I got rid of it and uh so I think it should be good to go in a second in a second and great talking with Andy love his background got some nice jerseys got a compliments on the hats I'm looking forward to that uh propagator because I'm more of a I don't I'm more of a DFS guy a daily fantasy than sports straight sports betting so Anything you can have that can predict player performance in a game, I'm here for that. Excellent. Uh, okay, so folks, just before and Rewo, maybe if you can get the uh, get the Howard check info, you can fill us in. So these are the hoodies that will be given away. WST, and then with this great shoulder patch, shoulder logo. If you can see this here, of Canadian club official sponsor official whiskey of the winnipeg blue bombers so uh and we do have a few sizes uh for you big dudes we do have a few double x's we've got xls we've got larges uh one medium i think um so that's sort of the sweet spot of it and then we do have some t-shirts as well but today first prize you'll get the first hoodie from the batch limited numbers of all of them uh, second prize, we'll put together an Isle of Rye package from Canadian Club. And third prize will be a pair of tickets for the ice game on Saturday night. And again, do want to thank James and the gang over at Canadian Club. Looking forward to seeing them at the game tonight over at IG Field. Probably have a CC or two, uh, but great support of ours and just phenomenal prizing for the marble races that we've had so much fun doing with everybody here. So again, if you're just popping in, exclamation mark marbles, you're seeing everybody pop in. We'll get everyone. There's DQ Nick. He's feeling lucky today. Get in there, dude. Exclamation mark marbles. Uh, In about five minutes or so, we'll close it off. We'll throw it in and we'll finish off with a marble race. But uh, Remo, fill us in on this Dale Howarchuk auction. I know a lot of Jet fans' interest perked up when they heard what the Howarchuk family is planning on doing for charity. Yeah, so this is on classicauctions.net. A number of items from the Howarchuk family, sorry, personal collection. And let me fire this up right now. And I see a lot of people typing exclamation mark marbles. Just a reminder, if you are taking the time to enter the contest, please also take the time to hit that thumbs up button, 151 likes, and subscribe to the channel. Um, you know, we're Sub. we're helping you guys out. Sub. Maybe you can help us out. Doesn't, doesn't cost us anything. Yeah. <laughs> we're in, what are we at? 55, just over 5,500 subs. But check out this auction, Huss. Uh, you got some spare cash lying around wow. here. Wow. Uh, the minute I saw that Campbell Conference jersey yeah. and the Canada Cup jersey that Howard Chuck wore, the famous goal with, Howard, with Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky, I mean, that is... Someone should buy that, frankly, and stick it in like the Jets Hall of Fame or something like that. Yeah. Like, that should be on display somewhere here in Winnipeg, of all places, so, if we could get it. The Howard Chuck 87 Canada Cup uh, jersey with the letter of authenticity. Going for 45, 45 right now. The Jets 8990 uh, Game Worn Captains jersey, 5100. Campbell Conference, 2100. So I agree with you. I mean, some of the stuff here, 1986. Uh, goal like world championships uh, team canada ring like 800 bucks you got some more like 86 world championship jerseys i love this East, this is my favorite jersey i have the western conference one behind me but this howard chuck 1997 all-star eastern conference jersey when he's with the oh, flyers number Eight, 15 862 doesn't look right 862 you don't think <laughs> <laughs> no who was who was 10 on the flyers like john leclerc i'm guessing at that time so yeah. 
So yeah, you couldn't couldn't grab but some nice like rings in here. I just like looking at this. Um I mean, What's I don't that bowl in the middle. Is that the Molson Cup trophy? That's correct. 81 82 Molson oh, Cup wow. trophy. Uh $862 <laughs> uh right now. So there's some cool like 30th goal of the season 81 82 with the Jets puck 491. I should buy that and use that as like my serving bowl. I could eat out of that thing the for Molson, the entire season. The man, Molson Cup. You had like cereal or popcorn out of the 81 82. I mean, the Molson Cup was awesome. I have the poster at my parents' house um, of all the Molson Cup winners. They gave it out, I think, at one of the last seasons of the Jets. And yeah, the Molson Cup I thought was pretty, uh, wasn't given to the three, like most three star points. Yeah. Exactly. So, so uh, that was Cup three stars. You know what was interesting? They gave the same amount of points for first, second, and third every game. Oh, really? Yeah. So sometimes you'd have some weird winners. Like a guy would be first star seventeen times, but someone mm-hmm. was a star twenty times. Anything and ended up winning the Molson I, Cup. I think they have something like that now, but uh, the Molson Cup will be always be the one uh, that I grew up on. And uh, we can look through some more of this stuff. Sorry for people on the podcast, but uh, it's on our Facebook page. The link to it, I would recommend. I mean, this QMJHL 79 to 81 Cornwall Royals jacket, I think is pretty cool here in the middle. 242. Um, I thought that was cool. The bronze medal from the 86 World Championships, 324. But then you got the equipment pants from the 87 Canada Cup, 525. These, (laughs) These 91 Canada Cup gloves. But yeah, some museum or something should buy these. Or if you got a lot of money and you're a collector, I'm I mean, gonna try and buy the Molson Cup bowl, and that's gonna be you're my gonna do it. Diet. I'm gonna eat out of that thing for the entire season. <laughs> Ice cream, like get some DQ, put it in there, make it. I I never make spaghetti, but I will <laughs> make it just so I can serve it and eat it out of the Molson Cup. I oh. think that would be the most that the most plus EV move for a single dude <laughs> would be to have. I need a big bowl, too, to be honest with you. I don't have anything good, so this would take care of a lot of problems. It might be a little more than I would normally think about paying for any sort of kitchenware, yeah. uh, but it's going to be very versatile, and uh, and it looks damn cool, too. But, man, those jerseys at the top. I saw someone mention, hopefully TSN, uh, <laughs> go fund me for Huss's new bowl. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would love to see True North, if they can, get in on some of these pieces and get them into uh, Jets Hall of Fame, Manitoba Hockey Hall of Fame, something in and around here. Uh, Because, of course, and by the way, I think we mentioned Hmm. Dale Howard, Chuck Way, the signs are officially up in time for hockey season. Uh, I really do commend them what they're doing to remember uh, the life and contributions here in Winnipeg of uh, the greatest jet. Yeah, it's so awesome, um, you know, walking around. I mean, I hadn't been downtown for a couple of years or now, you know, because I had no you know, no reason to go. But uh, in the last few weeks. You didn't even leave weeks, your house for two years. Yeah, in the last few weeks, I've, you know, gone to a couple Jets games now and had to go downtown. So, you know, you walk around and you see the True North Square. Uh, it's pretty cool. And then you see the big sign. It's like, oh, this is where... You know, Dale Howardchuck uh, statue was going to be, and they got a real accomplished person who's done a lot of these to make that statue. So you know it's going to be, it's going to be a, an elite thing that you can go and look at. And you know, every I've been to uh, you know stadiums at other cities, and they always honor the past with statues. Uh, the Griffey one in in um, Seattle, and at the White Sox games, they got statues all around the concourse. So I think this is the start of something really cool. 
It really is. Um, so yeah, you can check that out. Hit our Facebook page if you want to link to uh, all of the Dale Howardchuck memorabilia that is being auctioned. Did it say when the auction closes? How much time everyone has? I think it's like October 26. Let me just double check. Like if you want this jersey, let's just click on it. Sorry, I got to bring it up. So well, what about see. the bowl? Oh, you want the ball? <laughs> this one ends in 18 days, seven hours. Okay. So you got time here on this uh, jersey. Look how beautiful this thing is. We'll stay on top of this. We'll do a weekly check-in to see we what should, the prices are. We should are do a Friday, a Friday check-in on this Absolutely. auction. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. All the Howard Chuck merch. The Bulls, 862. We can look at this. These are beautiful uh, high-res photos, too. There it is. Look at that font on the Dale Howard Chuck. Old school. That's this the uh, so awesome. That's the... Uh, Play all sports font 1982 version right yeah. now. This is the inside of the bowl. You sure you want to eat like cereal out of there or what? Uh, well, you know what? We'll do a good cleaning of it or we'll put something in the middle. I, I still think that there's a way that we can make this happen. All right. Let's get ready. Let's get <laughs> ready. Take it to DQ. Put it under the soft serve machine. <laughs> They'll figure it out. Um, all right. It looks like everyone. Last call. Exclamation yeah. mark marbles if you want in. We've got three prizes to give away. First place today is going to be the new WST CC co-branded hoodie. Second place, got a bottle, a little I Love Rye package. Third place, pair of tickets for the ice tomorrow. Uh, I believe they're playing PA tomorrow over at uh, the Ice Cave Saturday night game. A little Saturday night hockey for the ice. Looking very, very good undefeated so far this season after uh, that big win two wins last week against the Wheat Kings and then beating Connor Bedard and the Regina Pats earlier this week uh Remo how are we looking for uh for it all I'm trying to load up all the names but my internet is being thankfully it works for the stream okay we got man a lot of people in chat 100 115 entries. This could be our biggest race yet. So. Nice, nice. 115 people. Everyone, if you're here, we got 260 right now live. Do us a favor, hit that thumbs up. And if you haven't already, hit the red subscribe button. Uh, there's no cost to doing it. You'll know when we're going live if you want to turn on the notifications. Otherwise, when you go to YouTube, you'll see our videos pop up. Always. And one other thing you can always do to help out, even if you're watching after the fact, just pop in and leave a comment. Hopefully a positive comment uh, at the uh, at the end. Uh, that always does uh, help grow the channel as well as the likes. And obviously, first and foremost, having you join us on a regular basis through subscribing, hitting that red button. So we've got over 100 people in today's marble race. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. We've got our first ever CC Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie to give away, and they turned out amazing. Uh, and we do have multiple sizes right now, at least. That might not be the case as we go forth, depending on who wins and what size they need. But we are in a pretty good spot. Um, oh, and you know what? We've also got a DQ cake to give away. So let's do this. I'm going to do a... We've got one, two... I guess I already said third place. So if you're in fourth, you'll get a DQ cake. So this is an absolute festival of winning today in the marble race. <laughs> to review, first place, the Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie. Second place, the CC I Love Rye package. Third place, pair of tickets to the ice tomorrow. Fourth place, a DQ cake courtesy of our guy, Nick, over at the Nick and Nicky DQ group. Uh, all right, Remo, how are we looking? Okay, am I closing the entries uh, right now? You want me to do that? Oh yeah, yeah. Close it. Close it. Yeah, it's five okay. two. We gotta. Okay, we gotta go. Cause Kenny and Reddy are starting up. So <laughs> I close the entries at hundred and seventeen. I am going to copy them 
So I have a list of all of them. Give me one second. Okay, copying. And then I'll get the names. And, oh yeah, and I... Do you know if our um, Winnipeg Sports Talk DraftKings contests are full? We do run oh, contests. Oh, you know what? I'll check that out while you're loading it up. Yeah, every week. So tonight. You know, oh, I'm glad you reminded me. I still have to do my CFL lineup. I've got yeah. my spot. Yeah, we do run uh, contests. Coming yeah. contests. There is one spot left for CFL. We've got 39 of 40. So uh, if, if anyone is not in yet, if you would kindly grab that last spot, that would be great. And as far as the NFL contest beginning on Sunday at noon, six spots left, 44 out of 50. So um, get on over. If you haven't played with us, uh, it's in league. Search Winnipeg Sports Talk. Get in there. Um, and if you haven't, we can send you a link if whatnot. Maybe Remus will. Well, first, we'll get the marble race going, but we can throw the link in the chat. Uh, but yeah, one spot left for CFL. Would love to get that filled ASAP. And don't forget to get your lineup set before kickoff tonight between the Bombers and the Elks. All right. All right. How are we looking for I marbles? got the list saved. I had a copy and paste error. I'm going to be saving it in the appropriate folder. Hold on. I got to do this all manually. My apologies. Marble names, October 8th. All right. Let's load this thing up. And then we can pick a nice track. Am I right? Get in there, Taylor. Get in there. I want the spot. It's there waiting for you. We, got we need a... your return to the DraftKings pools. We... CFL, oh, there's one, one There is one more, yeah. So, all right, we're yeah, golden. 39 of 40. 39, yeah. So I got my lineup set. I don't know. Kelvin McKnight. I, people are talking about him, Huss. That was our thought. It was like, okay, he's in the lineup. What? What's his price on DraftKings? <laughs> it's like 3,400 or something. He's 34. It? He's 3,400. <laughs> Okay, 117 names. Perfect. We are gold. Taylor, get in there. Use your phone. Use your phone. <laughs> don't yeah. don't let the internet get you down. Okay, we're golden now. All right, let's get the uh, let's get the marble race going up again. Thanks to Canadian Club. Great to have them on board with us. Of course, they're official spirit and official whiskey of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You can pick it up throughout IG Field tonight. Uh, and we will have some of that great Canadian club as part of the I Love Rye package, which is for place number two. So to review, first place, hoodie. Second place, I Love Rye package. Third place, ice tickets for tomorrow's game. And just added, fourth place, a delicious ice cream cake from Nick and Nikki over at the Nick and Nikki DQ group. All right, Remo, fill us in. Oh, Frosty. Yeah, I don't know what I just did, but uh, we're on this track. It's called On Thin Ice. So, sounds like there could be some eliminations here, some over-the-top rope action. (laughs) I'm just going to hit start because we're running running up against it Good luck to everybody. We filled it in. It's our Friday Marble Race here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, and the whole gang is in over 100 marbles. Let's see what happens. Nice start by Les Thompson, hockey fan. Larry, the sports guy's in the mix. Hockey fan's there. But yeah, top right has the has the active leaders, of course, going down this track. A lot of loop diddy loops. There's hockey fan. Hockey fan coming out of the gate first, along with Craig. Oh man, look Craig at this. Sapansky. Whoa. Bardo. There's Bardo again. What up, Bardo? How was the game? Uh the Rejet game the other day. Bardo, we had an impromptu race. Running man and Bardo won the tickets. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks again to Mike for uh supplying those tickets for us 
All right, a bit of a bottleneck here. We've got two levels. Comet is down. Dino, Dino Postolopoulos oh, in Joe. the front right now. Larry the sports guy in the mix. Larry and Nicole going at it. Oh, here we are into the snowflake, the rotating snowflake. Larry getting through first. Schickster's in the mix. Oh, Jeff Kabilis. Kabilis making a late run right now. Oh, there is close to eliminations. Like, who do we have here? Kabilis is in first place right now, it looks like. Or at least that's what's oh. saying. No, Larry the sports guy. Schickster. There's Larry. Schickster. Now it's about getting down into that hole first. Who is it going to be? It's Schickster. Schickster takes it. Jeff Kabilis second. M. Sheldon for the tickets and the DQ ice cream cake goes to, I think it's Renee Dandino. What? That was a great race. A great race. And it's always good to see many of our regulars getting in there. Schickster, I think that's the first time Schickster's won. Yeah. Schickster's been, uh, been, you know, in here on a daily basis. And Kabilis is a bit of a WST legend. Maybe he won't be doing fake wrestling moves to other people at the end of the show in the chat. He'll be too happy over his big win. Uh, M. Sheldon, congratulations. You've won the ice tickets. You're going to have to send us a DM or an email at winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com just with your email so we can send you the tickets. And Renee Dandino, uh, Dano, do the same thing so we can get you set up with uh, an ice cream cake from our friends over at Nick and Nicky DQs. What a great way. Uh, Wrench, Keith S., Larry the Sports Guy, Joe from Winnipeg, Nicole J., and our girl Taylor Yule Miller, all top 10 performers. But what a race we had today. Great course. Uh, Bardot and Kate Wolf are still trapped. They can't make it down. Here comes Bardot. Yeah, you, you, Bardot used all the luck last week. In, or earlier this week, I guess, in winning the Jets. And Kate Wolf just refuses to come down, finally. And there we are. The official winner and the final results is Schickster. So, Schickster, Kabilis, you can hit us up on Twitter. Hit me up on Twitter. I'll uh, get you set up with the I Love Rye package. Schickster, we're going to need a size from you, and we'll get a chance for you to come by and pick that up. As far as uh, Renee, let us know. We'll get you set up to pick up a DQ cake at your closest Nick and Nicky DQ. And uh, number two, oh yeah, M. Sheldon, you let us know where you want us to send those tickets and enjoy the ice game on Saturday night. Remo, what an awesome week it's been, but we're done. Summer, fall, it's all over. It's either off season or on season. And come Tuesday after Thanksgiving Monday, we'll be live counting down the hours to the Jets dropping their puck on the upcoming season Wednesday night in Anaheim. Yeah, I can't believe it. And just, I got to say, what an, what an incredible, incredible finish there for fourth place. There were like five marbles dropping in that cup at once. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll have the weekend. I got my fantasy draft on Monday in my home league. And then we'll be counting down until Wednesday when the Jets take on the Ducks. I can't believe it's finally here. It seems like we've been counting this down since like they made those big trades for Dylan and Schmidt. We've been waiting for this moment. And I am super pumped to actually have regular season games. I've enjoyed the preseason. I've enjoyed the discussion on you know who's going to take whoever's spot. But uh, we will have game action. After exactly. The we Very can, exciting. Uh, you know, I won't really pay too much attention to the hockey game tonight. Obviously, we're going to be at the Bomber game, cheering on the blue and gold, hopefully to eight and mm -hmm. one. 
And then uh, I'm sure the IC guys will get after it tomorrow. You'll have Kenny and Rennie right now. And then we're back at it. Jet season officially on next week here in Winnipeg. We do have to wait another week to see the team back here for the home opener. But game one of 82 is Wednesday night. And we'll be back live after the Thanksgiving long weekend at one o'clock here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Culligan Water. Don't forget, they've got that $90.99 special for home rental equipment for three months. Find out more, 694-5180 or over at 1200 Sargent, Manitoba Battery, and Royal Sports. The Blake Wheeler collection of hats are all there. 100% of proceeds go to Cancer Care Manitoba. Be a great thing to support, and the hats are really nice. Those are all there at Royal. Uh, our friends at Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza, Not Auto Corp, Canadian Club. Cheers again to Schickster for the big win. And of course, Nick and Nikki and the Nick and Nikki DQ group and Cool Bet Canada. All your odds available at Cool Bet and use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus up to $200 on your first deposit. If you want more info on the Cool Bet and the betting talk, go check the lock shop, Dusty and I. I'm now 13 and 4 against the spread after the win last night with the picks I've given out. Very, very hot. Um, hopefully I'm not jinxing myself going into the weekend, but anyways, we had a great lock shop this week. All your football betting information is there. Find it on my Twitter, Dustin Nielsen's Twitter, or just search lock shop on your favorite podcast. Otherwise folks, maybe we'll see you at the game tonight. No matter what, have a great Thanksgiving with the family and join us back here to get going for jet season next Tuesday after the long weekend, one o'clock right here on Winnipeg sports talk daily. Have an awesome weekend. And thanks for joining us. Oh my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.